Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Are you feeling a bit animated? Well, come on over to the Wicked Anime Podcast on the Nerdy Show Network a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to animation, Japanese culture, and all things anime. With a true industry perspective, we're always diving deeper than school uniforms and tentacle monsters. Join us on the Wicked Anime Podcast, nerdyshow.com slash wicked anime. It's Wicked A! The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeVere here with another roundup edition of Flame On, not in space. Are we, are we pigs in space? <laughs> space, space, space. It is the month of February 2020, and I am joined by just a slightly smaller cast than normal. Eric was not available until after BJ's bedtime of about 9 p.m. approximately. I have she's a whore. I have to work tomorrow, and I called out today, so I can't call out tomorrow. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, that's right, because then you have to like prove that you're actually sick. Yeah, I can't do it two days in a row. Yeah. Well, I am joined by Josh and BJ. What's up, boys? Hi. Hey, how's it going? Well, hello. We are here to discuss, dissect, and disseminate... The month in pop culture, at least from our perspective. What does disseminate mean? I don't know. It means to like absorb the knowledge? Wait, take apart the knowledge? Disseminate or disseminate? Disseminate. You're inseminated by the D. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There's the silence that I cause every episode. <laughs> Dear Lord, give me the strength. You need, Please I, give me the strength. You know, I, I, what you need to do is you need to go through and find, make a master cut of like every sentence I say before the silence, and just put that as Patreon content. Wow! Because I really want to. I, I can't remember everything because you know, I, I 
I can't retain so, my own. I've only got like four weeks left here. I don't think I've got the time to devote oh. to that project. <laughs> Disseminate is not actually a word, which is why I was confused. It is oh. um, a part of Urban Dictionary, which means to extract the semen out of something. Wow. Well, example, dudes or dude Jack's been disseminated. See, I was just trying to do a reference to Race Chasers opening, and this train went right off the tracks yep. very quickly. Very quickly. I'm oh. very interested in the fact that he quickly whipped out his phone to look that up, but when I was like, where's your phone, when we were trying to figure out who, who's got what topic. I had my phone in my <laughs> hand, and I was looking. sat in his lap the whole time until no. I was like, pick up your phone. It was when in he's my telling hand. stories I about, looking. like, I heard this story, so it's got to be true. She don't got her phone to be able to do this. <laughs> Last time we worked together, I'm in the middle of telling a story, but she got her phone to start playing, uh, to start setting up her Pokemon home instead of listening to my story. I was multitasking. Bitch, you do. FYI, it's set up now. So <laughs> I think I friended you. Oh, Lord in heaven. <laughs> well, Welcome, everybody. <laughs> it is. Uh, I like how we're throwing so much shade at him, too. And we're like, we're in his house. Oh. Oh, that's fine. Last you should night. See. You should see when I'm alone. Uh, Actually, no. And it's even better when Chad is there because then, then she throws in little jabs as well. So last night we're going to get pizza. I'm like, finally, there's somebody on my side. <laughs> we're going to get pizza at Tornatore's. And on the drive there, Pat throws some shade. Chad gets it. He laughs. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it was like the best of reads because <laughs> she had no clue what was going on. I mean. Uh, and if I was in, if I was in some sort of like little tete-a-tete i would have just turned around and walked away and left her just puzzled while the entire rest of the surrounding audience just giggles profusely or but she was driving so she's like i can't do that or see her earlier episodes and you know well (laughs) true (laughs) anywho let us get this party started bj why don't you take it away with our first topic of the month I will. Thank you. Um, so I, the past couple of months, actually, it's just been Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, nonstop due to the animated series launching and Birds of Prey slash the emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Um, title aside, I went and saw the movie with virtually no expectations, and it was kind of everything I could ever want. Um because everybody pretty much went into this thinking like, oh, this is going to be bad. It's going to be preachy. It's going to be... It was definitely weird. Um, props to Margot Robbie for the best performance on accidentally dropping a breakfast sandwich on the sidewalk. Because I felt that in my soul. Um, so you've got Birds of Prey. Uh, you've got uh, Harley Quinn, fresh bro- br- freshly broken up from the Joker. Um they threw in a little bit more political stuff as far as organized crime goes, which was actually very refreshing. Um, she, You get to kind of see her life post-breakup, but nobody knows about it, and she's straight up acting a fool. She's drunk. She's breaking people's legs. Uh, the movie is a hard R. Um, hard. Hard R. Um, and 
nobody knows that she's broken with the Joker, so effectively she's untouchable for like the first one third of the movie, which is actually kind of hilarious. Um, she voices uh, kind of the the plot in the background, which is very Deadpool ish, um, and honestly, she could have carried the movie herself. Um, I, I part of me wishes that she had the movie had just been about her um because the birds of prey characters were phenomenal um miss winstead as huntress the best comedic timing ever for sure she was just every line she delivered i was in tears uh uh, absolutely fucking fantastic they were like does she practice this in front of me and I it was am. a little dry with her reactions, which I thought was even better. The Huntress. Like, yeah. Um, and then you had, um, uh, I can't remember the actress's name. She played the older sister in Umbrella Academy. Uh, she was Black Canary. Was that her? That was her. I believe that was her. I'm, I, I'm 90% I don't sure. Think, I don't think it was. I think it was. I don't think it was. If it was I'll bet you was. $5 that it wasn't, but I'm pulling it up now. Do you have $5? I do. Sweet. Let me By the way, Journey Smollett-Bell. Jesse Smollett's uh, sister. Oh, is that is that is it really her sister? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you were correct. It's not her, but it is, in fact, her sister. Um, she well, no, no, no. no Jesse Smollett was Smollett. from Empire. Yeah, um, he's oh. the one that had all the, the uh, gay the issues where he bashing. said that he was attacked outside of a bar in Chicago. Oh, yeah. The lie detector said that was a lie. Oh, uh, okay. Um, well, she, her as um Black Canary, fantastic, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. She um you you and they even threw in a little nod to the Justice Society of America. Uh, with her mother being the previous Black Canary. Can I just say that she, um, when she was young, she had recurring roles on Full House and Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Wow. I just wanted to throw that in there. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, she's been a part of my pop culture life for a lot longer than I expected. Right. And she's <laughs> only 33. Oh, well. Oh, she's younger than me. But she's, like, close enough that she's my people. Yay. Um, get your money, girl. Uh, so, and then you have... Um, Miss Detective Montoya, who is a cop in Gotham City, so you know her shit's not, not her shit's wrecked. Um, but the three of them effectively are the birds of prey. Uh, and then you have Harley Quinn, that's actually legitimately just kind of making their lives worse. And then I also forgot uh, Miss uh, Kane. Oh my God, the little the, girl, the little Asian girl. Yeah, Cassandra. Cassandra, thank you. Uh, Cassandra Kane, which they took a little bit of liberty with as far as... Um, a lot of liberty? A lot of liberty. <laughs> but uh, like the little boy in Deadpool 2 that was in the pr- in the mutant prison, she was absolutely fantastic uh, to have her just kind of with her side commentary. Um, bitch, you're fucking messed up. What's wrong with you? Um, so she was great. Um we uh they do make you hang on for that fucking canary cry. Oh yeah, they do. They make they make you wait that shit out. Um I got what I wanted though. Uh and then you have Victor Zaz and Ewan McGregor as uh Mr. Sionis, aka Black Mask. 
and I'm sorry, but halfway through the movie, they they're definitely fucking and they're definitely in a relationship. So Zaz and Black Mask. Yes, <laughs> uh, the, you can't convince me otherwise. Oh no, I mean, th- I think the prevailing theory may not be that they were in a relationship, but that they had been in a relationship. Yeah, there's like, some sort of uh, there's some connection weird, there. There's some weird codependency thing where at some point Zaz is even like he can't be without me. He needs somebody to watch out for him, and I'm like. Oh, that's actually pretty sweet for Victor Zass, who's <laughs> a crazed murderer. Um, but uh, no, it was it was a very it's one of those female empowering movies that was virtually not preachy, which was interesting to me because, like, the hard R rating actually helped that. When you have like a hard R rating, like at one point Harley's like, "I got a fucking PhD." They do play off the fact that Harley does have a PhD. Uh, she is a licensed psych- uh, psychiatrist or psychologist, psychiatrist, psychiatrist. Um, so there's just there's just a lot of nods to the whole Batman universe. Um, but it's honestly, I would barely call this a superhero movie. I wouldn't more call it like a side story that just happens to happen in a superhero universe. Um, so it was. I think it was honestly. It was. It overshot my expectations. Um, I was, there wasn't a moment where I was not entertained, entertained. Um, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Uh, which I think Black Mask says at one point in the movie. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. It was, it was pure fun. Um, I believe it was actually a pretty good success at the box office, despite all of the memes. It was successful enough to not, you know. Um, and saying it's more successful, I will say nothing's going to really overshoot Wonder Woman, but saying it's more successful than like all the other DC movies is honestly, less successful than all the other DC movies. I wouldn't even say that at this point. The it, What really depends on is how much they spent in advertising, uh, because it as of right now... Which uh, I feel wasn't a lot. No. <clears throat> they got like two trailers, and that was well, it. But that doesn't necessarily mean much. That's you're talking print, billboards, you're talking hot billboards, spots. you're talking all of that stuff. Oh yeah. Usually a film's marketing budget is half of its actual production, production budget. It's made money. That's I mean ov- overall it definitely has done that. Uh, one of the big things though was that after week one, because it only opened uh, to a thirty-three million dollar, they changed the title. They changed the title they around, did. which I don't like i don't think i uh, like i think the title is stupid i mean i get it but the the original title like the the long ass title i like the long ass title yeah i like the long ass title too well i i felt like the adi- i felt like they added on to it i felt like when they originally were talking about this movie and there was marketing for the movie it was just birds of prey and then when they started with the trailers or maybe on the second trailer i, Te- I don't think it had two i think it might have had three Definitely the second trailer w- they was started more Harley because it feels almost like an almost like an afterthought where they kind of it's almost like somebody put the little upside down upside down carrot when you're trying to like like oh this is supposed to go in here uh-huh. and it's like the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn it it felt like a an afterthought which obviously she wasn't an afterthought for this movie she's a big portion of this movie right? yeah. But then to turn around and after that say, okay, well, now the movie's called Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey. Which, and the thing is, I don't 
think it's a Birds of Prey movie. It, it I'll give you that. And it's, I, I do think that the original title of, you know, in the Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn was better just because, I mean, essentially that is what she's kind of narrating in the movie. That's what she's, like, that was her yeah. plot point. You know, it was all about her, eman- like her emancipation and how she was going to be independent and she didn't need the Joker or, or anybody else to protect her in the city that she could be her own, um, you know, big bad. Yeah. And and I will say, because I know in the um, the Birds of Prey TV series, Which she, I don't think did well. Uh, no, it only did one oh, season. God, no. But she her character was like the main big bad of um, Birds of Prey, the TV series. And by the end of the movie, she is kind of an antagonist towards them at that point. She's like she's not actively malicious towards them, but she also she ain't helping nobody really other than like her protege. She ain't really like she actively steals shit from them. Like so I would I would love to see a Birds of Prey movie with the Birds of Prey a little bit more front and center because everybody everybody oh, I yeah, know that's for sure. And I would love to see her still in it. But also have her be her chaotic, I'm going to do what the fuck I feel like. I'll see you guys later. Oh, wait. I need your help with this one thing. Birds like, of Prey and the takedown of <laughs> the fantabulous takedown of Harley Quinn. <laughs> I, would, I would love to see that. I would like I would love because she's still very much a criminal right. by the end of the movie. She's just a criminal now that's kind of got her own clout and people are thinking twice before they run up on her on the street. So but a big thing that a lot of people had an issue with. Um, not Gail Simone, who did a standout run of the book itself, because apparently she did enjoy the movie. But a big sticking point for a lot of comics fans is you've taken out, for the most part, two main characters. I know Cassandra Kane is in the movie, but not in the role that she should be. Yeah, no, she's a lot younger than what she should be. Because she should be Batgirl. Yeah. And you don't have Oracle. Oracle is one of the biggest parts of Birds of Prey. And you can't have that because you have a... Uh, a Batgirl movie in the works. So Batgirl's off the table. So if you don't have Batgirl originally, you don't have her being shot and paralyzed. You don't have Oracle. You don't, you know, there's a whole like sequence of events. There's, and honestly, that felt purposeful. Like not having any real reference to the Gordons, not having like any, and not, because I know Montoya works directly with Gordon a lot of times in the comic. And having her actually in the group is odd, but like I said, if 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 the Batgirl movie does come out and does successful enough, and they do have like her get paralyzed, I would love I would love to see Batgirl show up. I'd be sad that it's not Cassandra Kane. Well, yeah, and the thing is, when it comes down to it, you're they really should have just taken the leap and called this movie the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn. Yes. And just let it be and let it be a Harley Quinn vehicle and you could have introduced Renee Montoya, you could have introduced Huntress, you could have introduced uh Black Canary and done all these other things with it and then maybe by the end like if they band together then you kind of maybe toy with the moniker Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah. Um, you set it up for a Birds of Prey movie, exactly. potentially involving Batgirl and other characters. Either Batgirl or, or do a little bit more, you know, maybe make change Oracle's, you know, identity. You know, you know they've toyed with with comic characters' origins yeah. before, so you could potentially do something like that and still hold true to 
what makes the birds of prey the birds of prey at their core. Yeah. So, I mean, it, these are all things that, honestly, at this point, I think DC, this is the least of DC's worries right now. Because oh, if yeah. you've heard the rumors um, that AT&T is looking to shut down DC Comics. Oh, yeah. Uh, potentially, if their 5G event, which I did not realize that was a thing. 5G or 5G? 5G. Oh, yeah. Oh, which, yeah, yeah. Which I was like, when I saw the the uh, the headline of AT&T, uh, AT&T plans to shut down DC Comics if I, if their 5G event doesn't go well, I'm like, AT&T is rolling out a 5G network program, and if that fails, then they're going to shut down a comic book company? I mean, I have 5G on my AT&T phone. You, no, you don't. Look at the, Do you, at the Is end. it real 5, 5G? It's not real 5G. It's a lie, baby. Well, it says 5G. Oh, it, look baby. at the E at the end, baby. Let me take Wi-Fi off. <laughs> oh, Lord. It'll say 5GE, which is 5G evolution, which means that okay. their lines are they they're trying to prime their lines for 5G. They lie ah. to you. Uh-huh. Full of lies. Whatever. Uh-huh. Oh, sweet baby My child. phone that's coming in in a week will have 5G, though. Oh, oh wouldn't that be saying. the Galaxy S20 Ultra? Maybe. Oh. Maybe, baby. Maybe. Maybe, baby. But so... <laughs> But yeah, I was very surprised about that, and uh, at this point, it's still a rumor. Although uh, they fired Dan DiDio, and uh, we can pretty much—I mean, we can't confirm it. It was pretty much confirmed because he was called in and then escorted out of the building by security, <laughs> which is never. Oh, you know what? Well, we decided we're worried <laughs> for his safety. We just want to make sure he gets home. Okay. No, this is okay, sir. You are now no longer an employee. You are being escorted Ooh. off this property. Please leave now. And one of the writers, I think, tweeted out something along those lines, kind of confirming it, which I didn't realize AT&T um, was, and Warner had merged. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Apparently. <laughs> um, I know T-Mobile and Sprint are just on the verge of uh, getting that ball rolling. Yeah, I think that's actually been approved. It was approved. It was approved. I, that's why I say the ball rolling as far as being able to actually process the merger, uh, because it has been approved that it's not violating any um, monopoly laws at this point there's not <laughs> by the time it gets down to that point we're gonna be like well nothing else exists so why don't you you two merge and then we only have one uh, phone company disney's lot. gonna own them all <laughs> pretty much uh but it'll be interesting to see how that affects it josh what what, what did you want to so uh two like little trivia things that i thought were actually really interesting so in an They're interview not. with mark <laughs> marco robbie um, she was, was Marco Polo. Marco, Marco Robbie. Margo. Margo. Robbie. Margo. Um, <laughs> Margot. With Margot. Rebe. Rebe. Um, she, she in an interview. She was actually talking about the breakfast sandwich, which I mean was a really big scene. Uh, you know, like uh, buddy, that, that made that me hungry started, as hell. Right? It really did. Now, granted, I don't like American cheese. Um, so you're un-American. Get out. First off. What they were using was not cheese. That was cheese product. Okay, as it should so. be for a breakfast sandwich. That is no real cheese. Oh my god. Okay, like like Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec would say, "Be this or be nothing." I say, "Be cheese or be nothing." Okay. No, this is the Amer- this is product. the America this guy wants, y'all. Not that was that was not cheese product. Listen, you you ate some of them fries on Sunday night. Melted liquid cheese. Is fine in certain oh. cases, but oh, sliced cheese. Oh, but slice. He said, "Be not okay, or or don't be at all." 
But now Whatever. she's got caveats. This isn't about me and my <laughs> snobbish cheese. It's always um, about you. And your snobbish cheese. Anyway, <laughs> so she was in an interview. She was talking about the breakfast sandwich scene, and she was explaining how um, the eggs that they were using were duck eggs because she is allergic to chicken eggs, so they couldn't oh. use like regular eggs for the sandwich. Oh, I bet that tasted even better. Um and I th- I thought that was kind of interesting. I, uh, but the main thing that I found quite interesting was when Renee Montoya was in her apartment. Um, there was a scene of Days of Our Lives playing on the background. Now, with that, uh, it had a featured a scene with Arlene Sorkin, who was the original voice of Harley Quinn in Batman the Animated TV series. Oh, well, that crazy. would be the only original voice because Harley Quinn was created for. Batman, the animated series. Right, and the, and that specific clip that they used in the movie was the uh, clip that inspired the writer Paul Dini to create the character of Harley. Oh, neat. So I thought that was a little that is, cute Easter egg. Wow, that is like a deep Easter egg, too. Mm-hmm. Before Holy the next shit. episode, can you vet his interesting facts to make sure they're interesting? I, I will I will vet <laughs> First off, I'm sure BJ thinks that last one <laughs> that was That last one was that interesting. Last one was good. The last one was very interesting because I completely... I, the duck eggs. Whatever. I mean, I um, like I like duck, so <laughs> quack quack, motherfucker. But that that's just because I'm a big boy. <laughs> but I will give. So <laughs> what? <laughs> I like duck. I like roasted. Because what does being big, big d- have to do with liking duck? Because I'm chunky and I like certain things. I like my duck. I have you ever had French fries made in duck fat fries? No. Well, those are delicious. <laughs> Have you? I don't even think I've had duck anything. See, ever. so clearly, step your big boy game up. Um, Whatever. Try, try new, new and interesting things. All um, right. So, birds of prey and the fantabulous <laughs> emancipation of Harley Quinn. BJ, how many flames would you give it? Uh, I will give this one for for the fact that it was this entertaining for a first of the year movie release. I will give this four out of five flames. Four out of five. Not bad. Joshua, Mr. Ryan, if you're nasty. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mr. Ah. Mr. Bebo's if you're nasty. Oh, she nasty. <laughs> I thought it was really good. I'm going to give it four and a half flames. Oh, wow. Oh. I'm going to have to uh, reevaluate when you say that you like something. Why? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really chime in with anything on this topic. So let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> That Josh is going to give us. Josh, what is your topic? I went to go see Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. The Blue Blur. Now the theme song's playing in my head from the NBC cartoon. (laughs) So, um, Sonic the Hedgehog has received a lot of attention since they released their very first trailer. The marketing ploy? The marketing stunt? Oh, jeez. Do you think it was a marketing oh, stunt? Oh, fuck yes, I did. I 100%, because there's no way anybody, even weird old people in like uh, in like the office at Sony, mm-hmm. like, I don't give them a lot of credit, but like, that would have been perfect for them to be like, let's do this. Oh, that's not even, how, that's not even why I think like, it was. The reason I think it was is, you know how long it takes to animate a fucking movie? That's true. That was yeah. pretty quick. They released the trailer, and then there was all this, oh my God, look at that thing. What the fuck? And I think it was less than four months before. And not even. Not it even. was much quicker than that. Yeah. 
it was, was like a month. And then they were like, oh, here's an updated look. And I'm like, you either worked these people from sun up to sundown to moon up to moon down for this entire time to redo this. Or this was meant to spark outrage within this community of gamers and um, people who grew up with the cartoon and all the product, like, you know, all of that stuff. Even my mom, like, was like, like what the what fuck, the fuck is, is that <laughs> thing? My mom was like, I've seen you play these games these, all your those life. Those calf muscles She's and like, the teeth. My what calf like, muscles? They were barely there. They were, like, weird-looking twigs. Did you not see that first poster? I yeah, I saw the poster on the fucking. I saw the poster, but the legs in the trailer did not look like the legs on the poster. And then there was something else where like it looked like he was like in a in the three point stance or whatever. Oh yeah, it was just like calves, and I was like, fuck. Even the music choice (laughs) for the fucking original trailer, I was like. Was the Gangster's Paradise? I was like, "What is <laughs> I kinda, going okay, on?" I kind of liked that though. I was a fan of that. Was that. it a weird slow down version of it? Yes, that's become the trend now. It's like, what is the like grungiest like alt song that we can do, and then slow it down, and then have it be like a super slow sad power ballad? Well, or not even power ballad. Well, at just least, ballad. well, at least with us, I've got five on it. I've listened to like the the it's like the French version with the French orchestra. Mm-hmm. I've listened to that a couple times and been like, this is eerie and I like it. But like when they were, when they had Gangster's Paradise pop up on this is the first Sonic trailer, I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I feel like if Jalil White is voicing him and they're using Gangster's Paradise, I'm a cry racism all of a sudden. Oh my god, I forgot Jaleel White was the voice of Sonic. For was years. He really? Oh, oh, oh yeah. For years. And the cartoon you yeah, yeah. All oh. three cartoons, including yeah. the terrible one where he had siblings. Um and most of the video game um a good I think some of these Sonic Adventure games he was also the voice. Wow. Yeah, I, I forgot, I about, forgot that. about that too. Steve Urkel, y'all. Shit. <laughs> but but it, you no, Pat, you were 100% correct. That was some sort of it weird was a marketing ploy in it. Very it, quick turnaround. They played us good, y'all. It, but I mean, it drew so much attention to the movie. And then when the when they released the final version, the second, you know, iteration of it, he looked so much better, and everybody was like, oh, my God, okay, this is amazing. Well, like, and, and even some of the dialogue was different, and I was, like, yeah. very confused about that, and I was like, oh, all of a sudden, this actually seems a little chuckle-worthy. What's happening? Like, that's when I was like, oh, they fucking played me. <laughs> All right, guys, so we're going to work on this uh, trailer, right? We don't need to actually do anything except the trailer. <laughs> Let's make it as- make it look terrible and just make it bad. Yep. Okay, we're going to spark outrage. All right. I mean, it's quite possible. I haven't finished listening to the episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour where they talk about Sonic. Right. And the effect of um, the internet fan like outrage, outrage or fan uh, backlash, feedback, whatever. You know, feedback, feedback. Oh, oh sorry. Anytime I say feedback, it's Janet Jackson Janet pops Jack- in my head. That's oh your my second God. Janet uh, reference of the episode. Oh, you're right. I mean, she is coming to the Amway Arena. I feel like we should have like a little Janet counter. <laughs> Bing. We should have a Janet count. We sh- well, no, but we should it's have Janet a- from the Good Places thing. That come, that, that <laughs> oh, my God. Every time. Boop, three. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so anyway, so tell us about the movie Sonic the Hedgehog. So it's based on a classic Sega video game. And from the opening intro, I was already invested because they did uh, 
the they put this. Oh, the, did they do the little two D eight bit thing? So they they well they did in the uh, part a part of the one of the clips, but huh. they opened it with the Sega logo, and it was just like a collection of all a bunch of like Sega video games. Oh, and just like immediately seeing that logo, I'm just imagining you know the '90s and having a Sega Genesis where whenever I would turn that game on, it would just go. Sega, Aww. like in my head, that's immediately what happened. I was like, I'm in love already. Um, doesn't take much to keep her happy. It really doesn't. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you just give me some snacks and snacks. Um, you pretty snacks. and you right. You never right. wrong, girl. You give See, me look, snacks. Tell me I'm pretty. She's lighting up over there. <laughs> Wipe yeah. off my face after you sit on it. Like. <laughs> You're about to make Pat spit Dr. Pepper all over his electronics. Um, bitch, Sorry. I'm not going to listen. That's, that costs too much money. living to 103 is three Dr. Peppers a day. <laughs> I saw. That's crazy. <laughs> it ain't, I ain't going to waste this she's magical like the do- elixir. <laughs> she's like, the doctor said it would kill me, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> he died who's, first. Who's laughing now, bitch? <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's based on uh, the video game uh, that I'm sure everyone knows. But anyway, um, as far as video game adaptations go for movies, especially cartoony ones i honestly think this is one of the best a, a lot ones. of people a lot of review everybody's been saying that that this actual one has actually kind of not get out of the PR park podcast I'm just saying that. Uh, okay. <laughs> um i mean but to be honest though we've come a long way from mario brothers oh just just putting that out there i would rather you mention street fighter before mentioning oh. mario brothers i've never seen street fighter mortal <laughs> Hey, Mortal Kombat was worlds ahead of Mario Brothers and Street Fighter. Which also came out after, though. So Mario Uh, Brothers came before the Street Fighter, I think, what might have been before Mario Brothers. I think it was like the 80s. Um, And then Mario Brothers was like early 90s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Mario Brothers was uh, Mario Brothers came out around the time that Beauty and the Beast came out. Still after it. I don't think it was Uh, the 80s. It was uh, in the 90s. With Raul Julia as M. Bison. Oh. But I'm, I mean, I, I, that's the first video game adaptation movie I remember seeing as a kid. At the, and I still don't necessarily... What about the Pac-Man movie? There was a Pac-Man movie? I don't know. Oh, now I was going to say, what? No, I don't think so. Um, the thing that I liked about Sonic, I mean, one, they did be- much better on the character design, but they had so many references to the video game, that like little elements, you know, that you wonder how would you incorporate this into a video game? Like, where do you put this in the story? Because, like, for example, Sonic, every time he gets hit, you know, because he's collecting rings as he's running around, and he gets hit, he loses them. So rings are a really big element. You just wonder, like, how are you going to really incorporate this into a plot line that's not, like, ridiculous? They managed to do a good job on that. Oh, wow. Have you seen Sonic? I have not. Oh, okay. So I'm not going to, like, say too much because I, I – do you want to see it? I do want to see it. Okay, so I'm not going to like spoil a whole bunch. I mean, it's it's it follows a formula that's bothered me since they when they remember when they released those first two Smurf Smurf movies? Yeah, I never and, watched them. Well, they did this thing that they've done. Sorry, I'm going attention here. They've they do this thing when they take old properties like cartoons and video games mm-hmm. and when they turn them into a movie, they can't just have the movie take place where the fucking story takes place, they have to, like, bring the character into the real world, a la Enchanted from Disney. <laughs> they have okay. to do that. Yeah. And and my the thing that bothered me is with Smurfs, they did two fucking terrible Smurfs movies, <laughs> and then they give me a third 
third one that actually is pretty much just the Smurfs chilling out in their fucking village, doing their Smurf shit. And I'm like, wait, so you're going to drive this we into the ground? With this? You could have started with this. <laughs> and they, they were doing uh, it, it looks like that's what they did with Sonic. But for whatever reason, everybody's saying the formula works this one time. Yeah, yeah I it think, actually I think works. It does. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, and, and did you ever play the game? Oh, Jesus Christ, child. Okay. Just just listen here. Just oh. Do you remember so, do you remember when Sonic and Knuckles came out and you could put the other Sonic games on that cartridge? Yes. Okay, yeah. That's I put the first Sonic game on the cartridge. So when you watch it, like you'll notice a lot of references. Get all the references. And good. I don't recall Chili Dogs being a reference in the video games, but it was a reference in the cartoon. The nineties cartoon. So there was a little little thing, little blip there, which Aww. which I thought was really cute. Um but I, I think it did well. It definitely like kind of opens it for a sequel, which uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to uh, to see. The only thing that I was a little confused on was, I guess, Doctor Robotnik's character. Like, yeah, because they gave him a back. From what I can tell, I, I've been scouring the internet for clips. They actually give him like a backstory, yeah. which is weird because. In any Sonic game, all he is is just this random human dude that's obsessed with tearing everything into robots, mm -hmm. which I feel like they definitely got that point cause from the clips I've seen. Yeah. But, yeah, seeing him, like, develop in in the fact that he's meeting Sonic for the first time. And he has hair. And he has and, hair and, and everything. Yeah. That I thought that was interesting, but I also thought that was probably a good thing because he literally has no story whatsoever in any of the video games. He's just a faceless villain he, he's bowser like yeah i'm gonna do this thing because i fucking feel like doing the thing and it's gonna cause problems for everybody else well and now as the the sonic games had evolved over time robotnik became eggman but apparently eggman is actually like Robotnik's, his original uh, he was uh like grandson or grandson or something no uh eggman uh is the name that sonic would call him to make fun of him because all of his devices looked like eggs look like eggs and the fact that his body kind of looks like an so egg too. In uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle for the GameCube, did you ever play that one? Yes. Okay. So that whole backstory, there were videos where, because uh, he became Dr. Eggman. Like, yeah. That was his official name. Um, but doc like in that in a little clip, like it's it showed Doctor Robotnik, who was like his dad or his grandfather or something. Yeah. And they pretty much look all the fucking same. Yeah. But um, they they did point Eggman in there too. Yeah, that in one of in one of the very iterate many iterations, the comic, the manga, the OVA, like everything, one of the things that Sonic so the reason Sonic calls him Eggman is just to make fun of him. Oh, gotcha. So or they or he'll call him Mr. Eggman instead of Dr. Eggman. He'll just call him Eggman. It's just to bother him because he's gotta be the smartest person in the room. So you always have to call him Doctor, which is one thing in one of the clips that I saw that I was like, oh okay, he's that guy. So it's definitely worth a watch. It was it was really cute. It, the The pacing of the movie was very well done. Um, a lot of the plot points, like everything, seemed cohesive. It made a lot of sense. Like I didn't really question much, and it, the flow was good. You know, good. It, I was I was very impressed with it. Like you'll you'll definitely like it. I'm still questioning his taste levels. I feel like that's just a safe thing to do. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a picky individual, okay? When it comes to food, I'm not picky. The only thing I don't really like is lima beans and... Um, Ch cheese products. 
cheese product. Kraft. Which I means don't, I don't like which that. Which means American cheese. cheese. Which <laughs> means cheese whiz is out. <laughs> but melted cheese is fine, so cheese whiz is probably back in. See? See? <laughs> and he ain't had no duck. Who are you? <laughs> so how many flames would you give Sonic the Hedgehog? I'd give it a solid four. Okay. All right. I, I gotta give it little credit where credit's due. Whether it was a you know a marketing These flame ratings have turned uh, have really gotten very lax. <laughs> we might need to add a couple of numbers. Well, I'm gonna end up seeing it again. So, oh, well, you didn't invite me the first time around. So, I mean, I've know. invited you for the second time, and you have yet to give me an answer. He never invites me to anything. So, I mean, but BJ, I, I since live you in, haven't seen it, would I you live like in the to same go? house. I would love to go see it. All right. Well, I'll I'll plan something in the channel. We'll, we'll have a. Of a Sonic viewing. So that was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> My first topic, I'm going to try to keep this fairly brief. Um, and we've talked about this since its beginning. So I felt it was appropriate to speak on it at its end. Oh, on the last uh, group recording we're going to have before you leave, right? No, we have next month. Do we have next month? We, we have next do month. have next month. Never mind that. Yes, Continue. Yes. Um, the Good Place. So the good place reached its conclusion with a very interesting fourth season. I'm not going to say that I loved it as much as I've loved seasons one, two, and three. Because, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, the first portion of the season didn't focus on the main four. Yes. As having to... As being these central targets of like this manipulation and these the drama the like yeah. e- everything involved them and it went from originally it went from four to effectively six in season two with Michael and Janet yeah and then it then you kind of the judge really wasn't the judge was no, kind of an offshoot Simone but you had who joined Simone. in and you had all these things like but they were always at the center of they have to do these things and. When we got to season four, yes, they were the ones that were running this experiment. But they were in charge. They were correct. They, they were the ones putting these people through these obstacles and then, you know, having to face smaller ones themselves. I will forever love that moment though, with Michael and Eleanor standing behind that desk and she doing like they're torturing us. And the <laughs> zoom in, the callback to that in season one, I cackled of it was course. everything it was and i mean it, it that first portion of season four did include some great scenes i loved the old lady who was actually uh oh the demon God. instead yes it was a demon he was a demon wearing a human suit wearing another human suit it was the muscle demon wasn't yes. it yeah it was the muscle guy <laughs> because she went on a tangent and started punching people and it was phenomenal <laughs> yes. or when they exploded um Oh, uh, was it Glenn? Glenn, yes. Glenn. We oh. got it this time around because the last time we talked about him, it took us like 14 and tries. I f- and I find that actor so hot. Like, I think he's so cute. Huh? Every role he's in, he pu- always plays the punching bag. And <laughs> for whatever reason, I'm just like, <laughs> come home, baby. Glenn is fantastic in the show. And uh, once they switched out of that and they kind of started to wrap up, they wrapped up the first portion of it and yep. then it led into... I think one of the last times we talked about it was around the time that they had all of the Janets band together <laughs> to yes. keep the universe-ending clicker away from the judge. Yes. Judge Jen. 
uh, I including love di- I love Disco Janet. Disco Janet. Disco Janet was fantastic. I loved her. Oh, by the way, Zach, if you're listening to this, I finished the show without you. <laughs> He's not listening to this, but I finished the show without you, you nasty bitch. So then uh, we go from that to Chidi getting all of his memories back to then having <gasps> to. Oh, Lord. And then when he opened up the paper and it's like, Eleanor is the answer. I was like, oh. So, so just so you guys know, I occasionally feel feelings. I'm a monster <laughs> normally. I work at a theme parkish thing. I don't mention the name because they probably own Patreon and they'll fire <laughs> me. Um, but my favorite thing to do at a theme park isn't to ride rides; it's to watch couples fight. So the fact that this gave me feelings. Gross, disgusting feelings that I had to peel from my skin with a knife, but I enjoyed it. Should tell you something. Absolutely, because you're a monster. I am. A, I am a monster. So, and then honestly, and then one of my favorite things, and it became a meme where it was like, "Mood for 2020," and it's after Chidi gets all his memories back. <laughs> And it's like, <laughs> hi, shut up. I'm confident now. That is fantastic. Like, the way that they presented this confident GD was oh. such a dramatic twist or and change. I've from wanted that for so long, too. Because, like, we've seen Eleanor's progress up front. And she's, like, we've seen we've actually seen Jason's progress in, like, little spurts, yep. which is heartwarming in a way. With his periodic uh, Re- moments of genius. Oh, yeah. Or when he's but he's just still like, dumb about it. He doesn't even realize that he's a genius. He doesn't. Well, he doesn't realize how sweet he's being either. Oh, yeah. Like, the whole thing with the fake the fake Janet, I about cried when he, when he uh, looked at her and sent her the signal. And she was like, not a girl. And I was like, or no, I was like, Me! um, so, uh, it, it's just, yeah. Seeing Chidi get that contrast was something yeah. that just like well and it's tough because like you see most of them have had subtle more subtle changes because it's been more nuanced and more drawn out over four seasons cheaty had to go from neurotic stomachache cheaty to hi shut up i'm confident now in an episode basically and well, it was and it it created this such a stark contrast that it was awesome to see yes because it's like the one person that's like the coward the coward the coward that's all of a sudden like fuck you i got this let's do this and then like leroy jenkins <laughs> his way into the afterlife and and that's been part of the sad parts uh, like all the parts where you were like you know you and i are sitting in the corners like blubbering because it's not eleanor that gets reset or every time yeah. Eleanor gets reset, she kind of makes that progress quicker. Yeah. And but with Chidi, he every time he gets reset or things get changed, you, his regression almost hurts. Yeah. Because yeah. you see Eleanor like a lot of the stuff's from Eleanor's point of view, but you see Eleanor's progress constantly, but then you see Chidi's progress and then it's just taken away. Well, cuz it almost for the most part she's constantly trying to change once because she's like the central focus from of she's the one ha- that figures out or that is from the get-go with all 803 reboots she was the one that was like we don't belong you're here. a dirt bag but we're gonna say that you are this great person and you are the one that realizes right away that you're not in the right place yeah where tahani is left to believe that oh yeah you know so- she is 
Jason's, you know, Jason's. The Jason other has one, no too. idea where the hell he is. And then Chidi as well doesn't is like, okay, well, I'm supposed to be here, so it's almost like. And Chidi is also that way when they find out that it's the bad place. He's like, oh, I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. So it's like, what? The almond milk. That's why. You know you're going to the bad place because of the almond milk in your yeah, right. in your refrigerator, right? But it's unsweetened. Well, no, it's the almonds that the... That Cultivating it, almonds is bad for the environment. Exactly. Oh. So that's why you're well. going to be going to the bad place. Just remember that when you get down there. Nah. <laughs> and your nipples that turn into spiders. No, okay. it's the butthole spiders. Oh, the butthole spiders. Yeah, you're going to get butthole spiders. Butthole spiders and penis flatteners. I was going to say, don't forget the penis flattening. Exactly. <laughs> or, wait, or is and it... Gunner's the biter. It's yeah, flat well, already. Oh, Gun- Gunner bites people. <laughs> it's is, it, it's flat already, people? so we're not I really... I would let Gunner bite I me. Would, yeah. I would definitely let Gunner bite me. Oof, yeah. Uh, Who is Gunner again? The hot, the hot uh, redhead bearish guy in season one. Oh, ooh, yeah. Yeah. So then we get to we get to the good place finally. Spoiler alert if you haven't made it there, sorry. Um and they realize things aren't always what you think they should be at that point in time and yeah. They presents them with a final kind of hurdle to figure out. And when they kind of figure that part out, I thought that the show was over. Like honestly, I thought I was like, "Okay, is that how it ended?" Because it really could have stopped at that second to last episode. Yep. On that final scene of them overlooking and just being blissful and happy. But of course, that's not how it's going to, you know, that's, oh, no. that's not where this needs to end. And that last episode hit every single thing I think I ever needed for a finale that I had no clue, I had no idea what I needed in this finale. But it hit every single beat that I needed it to. Um, you got the resolution. You got to see how their stories ended in the ways that it needed to end. Uh, <laughs> Jason popping out from behind the tree at the end. Waiting like... <laughs> I, was like I was waiting for you to come back. Oh, <laughs> my like God. How many Jeremy Baramies? Like, uh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, more. Way more than yeah. that. It was like, 30. But I loved how it was like, it was just random Jeremy Baramies instead of like, you know, a year later, five years. It was 1.7 Jeremy, Jeremy Baramies later. <laughs> um, but they, they, so basically once you were done enjoying the afterlife, you can exit through a door and the next part of whether you're, it's reincarnation or whether it's just becoming part of the ether and the universe, whatever, whatever it is after the afterlife is what they ended up deciding. So they all basically get to that point in their afterlife where they realize, okay, it's time to move on and be done with it. And so when Jason just kind of pops out uh, when Janet is bringing Eleanor, Eleanor to the door (laughs) and I was like, well, other Janets came by, but I knew it wasn't you. He's, and he's like, I, I realized I had the, the I had the gift for you in my pocket the whole time. I was like, oh, Jason, that it, like, it was such a sweet send off the 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 first time around, and then it was the perfect send off at the end, like yeah, at that point in time. And then I will tell you this, I I cried during various parts of this finale. I don't know why, but when. Michael is living out his portion and they pa- and he's learning to play guitar 
and they pan up oh, and it's bitch. Mary Steenburgen, who oh. is his real life wife. Oh, bitch. I I don't Lo- know why, but I you lost it. fucking lost it. Bitch. Lost it. And I think it's partially because Ted Danson is a national treasure. And even more so after the show. And I paused it and like I like straight up was like no uh uh-uh, uh no I felt enough and I just like walked away. <laughs> Mary Steenburgen is another just amazing treasure. Yeah, and the two of them who've been together and you know in Hollywood it is rare. It's a rarity to have one a couple last forever, and for a couple to be as like pure and wholesome. As Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen are actually the only other couple I could think of at this moment is um, is uh, the actress that played Eleanor Eleanor um, Kristen oh, Bell and Dax Shepard. Yeah, those two. But they still, but they're wholesome. But they're still young. They're still young and new. But yeah, because like, I mean, honestly, who thought that Chris Pratt and uh, Anna, Anna Ferris were gonna be? Yeah, would split up at some point. Destroyed me. You know what I mean? Like they, they were, they lie. were another one that you. To looked be honest, at them I didn't know they were together until probably towards the end. Oh no! See, I saw they were on um, uh, Top Chef one uh, one season. Never. They had it. a party and they did a whole thing, and it was it was adorable. They were very much like Dax and Kristen, but then. But like every time, and every time they would go to like an award show or something, and somebody would be like, "Where's Jack, their son?" Mm-hmm. They would be like, and she would be like, "Who?" And, <laughs> and Chris would go, "Oh God!" And she's like, "Who are you talking about?" And he's like, "Oh God, not again!" And just, <laughs> like they were on such a level because they're so quirky. They're well, so quirky. The sloth story. Oh my God! For her birthday, I watched that video over and over again. Oh my God! There is an episode of I think I've mentioned this before also. Um, wait, wait! Don't tell me. I think it is. Yes, where he was the guest and he told the story from his perspective, yeah. <laughs> and it's just yeah. So give it another twenty, thirty years, and they will reach that level of of Ted and Mary. But no dice two, right now. The two of them, like seeing that scene where she's uh, showing him how to play the guitar, I fucking lost it. And right before, right as this show, like. I literally said it maybe t- 20 seconds before he did where the final words on the show were keep it sleazy and I fucking was like oh how did you know how to end that so perfectly <laughs> <laughs> because and it's such a callback to season 2 I believe so yeah no season 1 I think it's season 1 after with the whole like debacle and oh no 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 it's yeah cuz retirement what yeah. he's, he's going to get retired, and he's telling Tahani because Tahani's doing the whole lavish party. And uh-huh. He's like, you know, we'll never get to see, you know, somebody saying, you know, take it easy or whatever. And he's like, you know, keep it sleazy. And then she says it. And he's like, he's like well, you can say it too. No. And so to, to perfectly, like, just end it that way, it was everything I could have ever asked for and more without knowing what I ever wanted this, this show From to end From the like. show, yeah. Yeah. What I really loved about it, um, honestly, the it is definitely one of the best finales I've ever seen, and I'm right there with you on season four. It was like a it was like a roller coaster. The last half got a little bit better, but even then, it was just like. Mm. But the last few episodes, yeah, were yeah. were perfection. Yeah, and I think when they got to the good place, one of the things that I appreciated most was that they realized one, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, and two. 
like you can't have just you know pure bliss all the time well that's the thing i wouldn't even say that the grass isn't always greener it's that the grass is always green which becomes boring and monotonous right you need to have a drought you need to be able to tend to your garden to make sure that it's exactly still beautiful just like just like they they say like you can't have uh happiness without pain yep you know it's the same you have to have that contrast that up and down uh, you know to help you uh, what no i was just thinking there's an episode of uh the magicians where like two of the characters go to like the realm of the elder gods and supposedly they accidentally there's apparently a quest to go meet the elder gods and they just accidentally skip to the end of it and the i guess the the main ad of the elder gods who's like looks like this douchey golf guy is like oh hey do you guys talk in like aspect binary and they're like no and he goes uh shit i didn't i didn't prepare for this so when he sends them back he gives them cake they go back to the regular world and josh is just sitting there he's just like perfection is a curse i can never eat normal non-elder god cake ever again and so the, so the perfection is a curse line is like oh yeah no if, if everything's perfect then why are you working like what is there to work towards yeah and, and the it just that kind of hit me, you know. I found the last few episodes so incredibly profound that it just it made me almost uncomfortable because. Well, that's been the whole point of the show. What are you doing with your? I life? mean, you're talking about a sitcom, right? You you're doing? talking a, a a network sitcom, which is supposed to be nothing that but is funny. Philosophy based, just video games and dicks. That's all you're working towards, buddy. <laughs> How's that working out for you? The fact that's that they are so fo- so heavily focused that they have. Um, philosophy professors that are their consultants that that all of the philosophy stuff that they talk about is legitimate philosophy and to be impactful like that to have such amazingly funny fun stuff and so amazingly impactful and thought-provoking sad stuff you this isn't normal network comedy like this no, is it. honestly i don't know how we can even this is a like, show I, that well, will be in a class of its own for a very 100%. long time. This is I don't think anybody can can no. do what they did. Well, that's Absolutely. A, that this is the, and we're seeing this pop up like we like there's been times where there's been shows going around like Steven Universe like where you're sitting there and you're like there's a kid singing about driving a van into somebody's heart. Okay, whatever. And then the next like three episodes later, you're crying because you realize half the characters are still mourning the death of a friend. Like it's it's one of those things where with Steven Universe it sideswipes you, but with the Good Place, it it builds to like profound things, and you didn't even like you didn't realize you were building to it until they smack you over the face with it, and usually they smack you over the face with it with something comedic or funny, and you're well, like, and the thing is that every like four episodes, everything changed. Yep, and it was even through that fourth season where. The first portion of it was the the test and then their the the medium place fake neighborhood and all this stuff. So for them to constantly be able to switch that up and make it continue to make sense and be entertaining, and then to completely subvert the expectation that you had from the the last couple of episodes into the next few, and then subvert that again, like literally, you just have no idea where on like a curve you're at at, at any given point. Yeah, and 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 after I finished it, I was like, "Yes, 
to, like I I couldn't have been happier that they chose to end it. Like where they ended it, like only going four seasons. Like I was sad when they initially announced that they're only going to have one more season, but then when I realized that I respect and like this story so much, I don't want to become desensitized to it because yeah. especially with all the philosophical ideas, I feel like becoming desensitized to it would like lessen it because once it once now that I'm done, once it's on Netflix, I'm binging the entire thing over again whilst listening to the podcast. And the thing is like a, a sign of good writing is like knowing your trajectory, knowing knowing your end. timeline. You know, when because a lot of majority of the writing and including sitcoms, you know, providing that they don't tank. You know, they just keep going and going and going and going and going and going. And you're like, okay, well, what can we really continue to do? Well, and the thing is that, from what I have learned, is that a lot of times the the better shows have basically like a five-year plan in the notebook. And this is what the, this is the outline of where this needs to go. Yeah. What ends up happening is a lot of times those shows, because the networks want to continue on, because it's become become popular because it's getting ratings it's making money they, they're saying hey we can renew your contracts for this much money blah 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 right. whatever you then have to deviate from it where this from the from before it was even a thing mike shore was basically given the green light to just make something and put it on television nbc was like you good we trust you put something together and he pitched it like and he did this and it was just like okay cool all right let's make this um but for the fact that he was able to keep to the vision and i would rather and not even just because i would don't want to become desensitized to it i don't want to dislike it i don't want it to ever reach a point where i'm like Okay, well, they did this. All right. Oh, Janet popped up again. Right. Like, uh, I want Grey's like, Anatomy yeah. is kind of like that for me. Like, I still watch it, but I'm like, oh my god, really? Like, y- are we still going? You mean ER with prettier people and cameras? Yeah. <laughs> A more diverse when's, ER. When's 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 the helicopter gonna fall in the hospital? Again. And, and again. it's <laughs> it's worse when you lose like the the big names or the people that yeah. really really sell the show. But with the Good Place, you you had your entire cast. But I I think it's great that you know they. They kept like on traject like on track. They ended on their terms, understanding just how much. Well, and that's you know, and that's a creator driven yeah. aspect of it, right? Which and we as a society though we're creatures of excess. You know, we want one, 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 one. You know, when it comes to TV, we want more and more and more. Well, and I've For said bow. that before about like certain Netflix shows. You don't need to do two, three, four, five seasons, 13 Reasons Why would have been a majorly impactful With one. miniseries yep. off the, the book, here you go, and be done. The third season was a little better, but second I, season... I kind of heard that. Yeah. The second season, it was just like, well, we have no source material, so let's just run nilly-willy with it. With a different, slightly different perspective. Yeah, and it just was still like, mm, okay. The first 13 episodes were the core of it that's what it should have been but oh no this is this big you know cultural phenomenon green light season two let's do this you know so for them to sit there and go okay cool we don't care we're sticking with it. scrubs is honestly my other big um my big touching point for this because 
when you talk about like perfect finales, honestly, the the season before the last season, that finale with him walking down the hallway, my finale, which was supposed to be the final episode of Scrubs, me to tears. That scene alone, honestly, when Carla hugs him, and this is before that, earlier in the episode where it's her last scene, when when uh, when she hugs him and, and and all that, I lose it. But then when he turns that corner, when he's when he has that internal monologue, that that final internal monologue, and then he turns the corner and he just goes through all of the the side characters. The, yeah, yep. And it's just like you can see him tearing up through it, and it's just, and then they do the the what the, if sort of the sheet, and they do this whole who knows what the future could hold. And it's this whole just montage set to Peter Gabriel's version of the Book of Love, which holy fuck kills me every single time. But just seeing all of these scenes of like, just imagining, like you just fill in these stories in your own head because these are characters you spent eight seasons with. Yeah. You know, I say eight seasons because I, c- I came into it much later and binged the first seven right before season, or right around the time season eight started. And but then ABC was like, well, because they took it from NBC because NBC canned it after season seven and the writers yep. strike. ABC was like, because it was ABC Studios filmed it, so they had the rights to it. They said we're going to put it on and made an immaculate eighth season. But then they were like, you know what? These are some of the best numbers y'all have done in a long time. We want to make some more money. And most of the cast was like, no, this is that's it. We're done. So they recast it. Brought in who, whichever of the original cast would come back, and it flopped halfway through the season. They got the axe, so now you've tarnished the end of this this like yeah legacy. You've with diminished the you know the impact exactly. Which I mean, you like, cheapened it. That's the term. I was looking exactly, for. absolutely. And my friend Matt and I we joke around and we're like, we're like we don't acknowledge season nine because that's just a different show at that point. Yeah, but you know. But what I was trying to say earlier, though, was aside from, you know, the contrast of, you know, having to enjoy, like, appreciate, you know, the downs to, uh, you know, or have the downs to appreciate the ups. The thing that I think got me the most, besides it really making me contemplate and just, I I was almost uncomfortable because I just, I didn't know what to think or what to feel. There was just so much going on at the same time was like during Michael's montage, um, you know, it was just he took such great joy in just the simple things that, you know, a human will just simply dismiss or take for granted. It's like, oh, this is nothing. It's just uh, cool. Whatever. You know, it's right. I rode a bus. But right. It just he took so such joy in it. And well, and that's something that has been a staple of Michael throughout the entire series, even when he was the demon torturing people. You go back to season one, and he's got the paper clips. Right, he he's was got like the, a like the, the fake tea, like a historian. Yeah, you know, he just yeah. had this love, you know, and then for the the end of season two, or before, not the end, or towards the end of season two, before they go to the bad place and do that whole last segment of season two, when they're having that like, well, this is the end. Like they're gonna come back to the the town and find us. They gave him that like human kit, and it was like yeah, oh. Uh, uh, a squishy, a squishy ball, ball that I'm gonna, that I'll, you know, with a company logo on it that I'm eventually, you know, gonna lose or whatever, or you know, the keys that way keys I can pat my 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 pockets and go. Anybody seen my keys? 
Like so, yeah, it, it's it's amazing to see. I think it encapsulated yeah. the the beauty of humanity almost. Yeah. And Ted Danson's and, and life itself. joy yeah. that he just emotes during those scenes, it, it's beautiful. It's honestly, it's just, it's beautiful. And the, the last thing that I, th- I kept thinking when, as I was watching it, and I think it was difficult for me to watch like all these characters kind of like just exit one by one, thinking about, you know, you're in eternity and how long, you know, like how long you've been with these people and now all of a sudden they're, they're gone. And now you're alone. Yep. And that, that kind of uh, that feeling kind of hit me. Like, I kind of felt that loneliness. And it was, like, uh, really intense. But Because you think about it in the sense... Of their the perspective. Of, well, not even that. In your own life. Well, you yeah. You sit there and you're like, you have all these people. And then as people either... They come and go. Move. And, you know, or you lose yeah. touch with them or whatever. And then you sit there and you're like, at the end of the day, like, really, it, it's just me. Yeah. And yeah. you've got to be okay with that in a, to an extent. Like... Mm-hmm. And it is tough to feel that way, to think that way, because what's one of the hardest things in this world is to be alone. People abandon you. And like Pat? And listen, I already have abandonment issues. So we don't want to talk He's about abandoning you. It's okay. Oh, the joke you made last night. <laughs> um, but thinking about it like an eternal aspect, you have Michael, who has been existing for you know centuries, ages, eons, prior to the lives of these four characters, these four humans, and he manages to outlive uh, all of them, but the role was reversed. They became eternal, he became mortal, you know, and now eternal beings have ended, their lives have ended prior to the life of a mortal. There was just that that type of perspective. I was just thinking about it in, in such a different way, you know, how the role reversal was, it just the timeline uh, or the the lifespan i guess yeah of the characters and you know being eternal and human was just really interesting for me to think about i if i were giving flame ratings to a television show this would be honestly off the it, charts it'd be it'd be a 10 out of a 10 out of 5 oh yeah, yeah i fully agree 10 out of 5 yeah if if you have not watched the good place first off I'm sorry that we spoiled any of it. I honestly, everything we said would just confuse them until they got to season oh, three. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but if you have never seen it and you want, I always try, I got Jay to watch it and I was like, don't you dare look at anything. Don't Google <laughs> it. Don't, you, don't listen to the podcast. You go into that show and you watch that first season. And then from there, it's whatever. But if you can go into that first season as cold as possible, do it because it is absolutely worth the journey. That those four seasons will will give you, and the first three are on Netflix already. I gave it probably about six months before season four goes over yeah. there because it's got to finish its run through Hulu and all that stuff. But, but yeah, the Good Place now officially over on NBC. And thank you, Oral, for getting us to watch that. Right for real, because if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have picked it up. Same. Didn't I start watching it like when I was living with you? Possibly. Yeah, because it came out in 2016. You, you did. And I uh, he was out of town. You were watching The Dogs, and you put it on, and I think you binged like, the first season and a half while he was yeah, gone. Yeah, and that was, what, uh, 2018, right? Probably, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, because I, I, it was 2016. I was like, I don't remember the show being out this long. Yeah, yeah, but no, it, absolutely. If you are enjoying this episode or anything that the Flame On Boys have put out for you in podcast form or even video or photo version, yeah, we put photos up sometimes. Then head on over to flameonshow.com and consider following us on your favorite social media platforms. Just scroll to the bottom 
and you'll be able to click on your favorite social media icon right there. We are also listener-funded entertainment, or entertainment, as Josh is doing thoughty pictures for all of you. So if you want to support this podcast, then go ahead and head on over to patreon.com forward slash flame on show and you can become a patron at any of our four tiers there is exclusive content for any of the tiers you get more stuff as you progress up the ladder but any and all pledges are absolutely appreciated so go on over to patreon.com forward slash flame on show and pledge your support today How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. After that sad but fantastic conversation about The Good Place. Bittersweet. It, it is very bittersweet. It is time to do our second round of topics. But before we do that, I do want to throw a little uh, topic out there for us to just maybe do a little brief chat about before we get into our individual topics. The Love, Simon sequel that was going to be premiering on Disney Plus has been pulled from Disney Plus. It has for being be- too adult. For not being family friendly. However, and that's Hilary Duff had some words. Well, I mean, good for her. This is, and I'm I'm gonna stop the uh, any conversation there for a second because that's the headline that's making the most rounds on social media. However, if you dig a little deeper, or actually read the article, which a lot of us don't do, myself included. Uh, thankfully, I've got friends that read it and then kind of post little. No, not you. <laughs> I read. I'm just saying. Usually, you don't the you pan- don't put a little caption at the top that says. Read the article. It says this or blah blah blah. Like the give more information about it. You'll just post it. The back the back of a video game box does not count. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Screw you. But it is being pulled off of Disney Plus. However, it is going on to another primarily Disney owned vehicle. Oh, is it going to Hulu? It's going to Hulu. Oh, thank God. So it is still in production. It is still happening. It is still a thing. 
but it's going to be on Hulu versus Disney Plus. I'm which okay with this. In some respects, is actually a little bit better. You're going from a service that yes had 10 million subscribers on day one, but quite possibly wouldn't reach the audience it needs to reach 100% where Hulu has an established base and with other LGBTQ content, LGBTQIA plus, I'm sorry. Um, it maybe will find a better home on Hulu versus Disney plus. Well, and, and I do remember when they were talking about what's going on Disney plus and how everything on Disney plus is going to be like PG 13 at the highest rating, um, people were like, well, they own, like, they own, they technically own the distribution distribution rights for Hellraiser. They own the Alien franchise now. So there was a, there was a big to-do about, like, where, where are they going to put Clive Barker stuff and everything, and a lot of it's going on Hulu, like Deadpool and everything, oh, okay. going on Hulu, uh, which is kind of, like, spans all of the different ratings. Okay. Um, so that made me a lot happier because from that, they will be getting a Clive Barker horror anthology series and an Alien anthology series up on Hulu. Oh, good. Okay. Josh, any thoughts on this? You thought? Any it's thoughts? Oh, we should make this? we should make a thing that's thoughts from a thought. Thought pocket. Oh. Uh, I mean, we no. are trying to do this recording over here. That's gonna be that's gonna be the uh, commercial we do for it. <laughs> It'll be like, oh my gosh, where are my pants? Thought bucket. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> um, I think it's crap, but I mean, it's Disney. I mean, wh- wh- but I mean, it's dis- it's going from one Disney streaming service to another Disney streaming service for all intents but and purposes. Even though they have the ownership, it's not the same name directly. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's not like they're it's not like they're taking it from a a huge subscription service to some tiny up you know, like just starting out service crackle you know okay <laughs> i was gonna say crunchy roll but then i figured <laughs> i'd get the anime people upset <laughs> crunchy roll and fill my hole um but that just sounds like sushi and sex to me that's what it's supposed to sound like oh, thought okay. pocket <laughs> <laughs> i can't but i mean hulu has millions of subscribers yeah Yes, but again though it, it's it's the name Disney is it's even though Disney owns it, I couldn't have even told you that Disney put out Love Simon. Honestly, I would never have known had I had this not been a thing. I did not know either. I would they never did. have known that at all. Chad has it. I I've only looked at it a couple times. I did not even see it. Didn't even know it. If they were just like Love Simon sequel in development for Hulu, I'd have been like, okay, I would never have had an idea. So. T- for me, it's it's a. I can I can put information on both scales. One, it's not it's the name Disney, and with a household name like that, you have expectations of it, you know, mostly being for younger audiences and having this, you know, image, this wholesome, you know, image that deviates from real life complicated things. However, at the same time, here's thoughtful wisdom. You've got Simpsons on Disney Plus, and you know, I think it, I think this is kind of where society comes in and how everyone is super easily offended because people were making the argument of the original Boys Meet Boys Meet Boy Meets World mm-hmm. 
you know, and the topics that they covered then, you mm-hmm. know, and now those types of topics are now, oh, no, they're they're too um, risque. I, I am wondering how not friendly family it is, because if it's if it's definitely close to like an R rating, then I'll be like, oh. Okay, this probably does belong on Hulu. But then if I watch it and that's that's just PG thirteen, I'm gonna be like, wait, what? Because because the thing is, on like the a lot of the um, on the Disney Channel, they have shows that have like gay and trans characters that are going through like emotional like deep shit. Mm-hmm. And it's I can't remember that. I think it's uh I I want to say Alex Mack. It's not Alex Mack. It's like Andy Mack or something like that. And it's just like a teen dramedy. Um about a young girl in her life and like i think it's and it, it, it covers everything like her best friend that she was falling for is actually gay and comes out to her but make sure like his uh, his parents don't know so there's like a whole arc with those two like when is it okay to like come out to your parents and stuff like that so there's so there's definitely content well, and see, that's that, the tough part because, yeah. like, I don't know about that because that's not, I'm not the demographic You're not the for demographic. It. I don't have children who would be the demographic for it, so I'm not in that line of sight because, in to Josh's point, which is something that I, I think is also a big deal, is all you see at that point is Disney is taking queer content that they are now dubbing to not family-friendly and moving it off of their newly minted streaming service. But if there's, but if the fact that they're actually, so so I could understand outrage for that. But if they are producing content for their channel, for, you know, their content that will be on the streaming service that touches on all of these topics, then at the same time, I'm like, oh, okay, well, then I don't know why. Then well, I want to see what this yeah, exactly. actually is. But. And have and you seen Love, Simon? I haven't. You've seen it, right? I have. Did, did don't they talk about sex? Uh, they do. They don't really go into graphic detail. No, but, but I think they they discuss it. Like, yeah, because they're teenagers. Yeah, exactly. And and being maybe gay it'll a, a have te- a love scene. And maybe I, it'll have a. And an I think that scene. might be a contributing factor, because even with the the queer content, queer content aside, I think a lot of the stuff that you're gonna see on Disney doesn't really even address or acknowledge that sex exists. And I think that might be a part of what them, what what they deem but not family friendly. I mean, talking about it's one thing, but if there is any actual depiction of intimacy in that respect, I could see that being where it ends. To your point, but right. maybe just a little bit further than just talking about it, because if they're having you know queer characters talking about being gay or coming out as gay and all this stuff, I mean, it still implies. Or, or if they mention the like liar. masturbation, and in, in such a a way like jerk off. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's which I maybe. Uh, but I, um, have to, I have to rewatch it. But I mean, it's it's interesting, and it does. I'm not going to say that the world is overly sensitive because I don't want pe- I don't want to start hearing people being called snowflakes. Um, I do I do see I do think that people jump the gun on stuff, and they're either reading just headlines they are not knowledgeable about what they are speaking upon and i think that's what quote-unquote is too sensitive at this point um and 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 again you said you know what i mean like i'm not trying to say that this is the the case for everything 
because I do think there are factors. points. Yeah. yeah, I do think that there are points where people are overly sensitive for certain things, but in a different capacity, like more trivial things versus basic human rights. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, and I believe like with Girl Meets World, I think her being uh, on the spectrum uh, of the Sabrina Carpenter is either I think she's non-binary or pansexual, something along. I don't think her character was because I'm pretty sure I watched every episode of Girl Meets World. Yes, I'm a 38 year man that watched <laughs> Girl Meets World. I because I loved fucking Topanga. Oh yeah, Danielle Fishel, <laughs> love her. Topanga's everything. She dated Lance Bass too when he was straight. Mm-hmm. Mm. Who was at the Parliament House recently? With Ryan Cabrera, and I got to meet Ryan Cabrera. My gay 2000s heart fucking died. He's so <laughs> cute. But yeah, I, I it did tackle a little bit more, and it was definitely more current topics that Boy Meets World touched on. Yeah, because it had that same feel. They did have a lot of those things that that today's they, problems they just happened to change. Exactly, and now it's from a different perspective because the main character is a girl, so now she's dealing with this. The, the issues in this world much differently than her boy, father would have, yeah. you know, 20 years prior as a boy. Mm-hmm. So sexism is real, y'all. Well, yeah. But it was Double a, standards. It was a very cute show. It was. I it mean, was a cute show. Honestly, I, I heard Augie, it was. I Augie made I me want to punch him sometimes, but that's because usually young children on those shows are meant to be overly cute, and I can't stand that. Just because it's like, oh, I'm so adorable. Shut up. <laughs> Um, but with the whole, the name, you know, uh, brand, right. A lot of people don't know that Disney had a part in Pretty Woman. You know, they definitely don't put their name on it, but they, they own, they own, y'all Disney owns like most studios now after the Fox merger, they officially own like, well, yeah, but I everything, they don't put their name on it, but they, and I believe Pretty Woman was Touchstone Pictures and I don't think, uh, Disney owned that property at the time. No, but they may have some I'd have intellectual to, property yeah. either within the movie or with, or but yeah, but it, it, I mean, it, things like that reach different areas. Like I was saying with Scrubs, ABC, it was ABC Studios, mm-hmm. but it was an NBC show for seven seasons. So it, things like that do intertwine for sure. Mm-hmm. So, so gotcha. I'll be, I'll hold all my all my outrage for when it for when it comes out, and then once I once I finish watching the first season, I'll be like. Wait, what the fuck were they talking about? Not family friendly. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll save it. I'll well, save it for when people least expect it. And you definitely do have more time to delve into a bit more mature topics in a series yep. shit. versus a movie. Love Simon says the word shit a couple times. Um, well, but I want to know if Love Simon is actually on Disney Plus because we're not talking about the movie itself being off of there. We're talking about the sequel television series. Uh, so if the sequel yeah. television series. Okay. Is you know what I mean? Like Love Simon could be on Disney Plus right now. I don't know. I haven't watched it since I moved. See that? Out that's of what I house. thought. I, that's what I thought. I started to read um, while I was like on a quick break. Uh, I thought it was the movie itself was, and then the movie got pulled. I didn't oh, no, know no, there no. was a sequel. No, 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 yeah, no. This that's is the sequel, sequel series. television series. Mm. This is what happens when he's posting thoughty pictures when we're talking <sighs> about topics. Thought pocket. <laughs> it's for the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's for your thought pocket. So that uh, I just wanted to make sure that we touched on that because being a uh, a queer, gay, geeky podcast, 
Uh, I felt it was appropriate that we discussed that. We know all the gay things, everyone. In the news. And FYI, I actually wasn't even doing anything with the photo. I was actually reading an email I got from uh, a certain vendor who was dealing with a refund issue. So not here. So not, yeah, not, not being involved here. in the podcast that you are. Yeah. They're three hours behind. you got time to, we know, we know, to not, deal with that afterwards. But thank you for letting us know what we should be throwing your shade about. <laughs> I'm glad we're accurate. <laughs> I hate you all, and you can get out of my house. You can get out of my palatial. Uh, wait, what do we call this place? Thought bucket. <laughs> no, Pat had a name for it because we were. Uh, um, listen, I. Whatever it was, it was. Was cute. it Shay 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 Chassis? I think that's what it was. Oh, yeah. Shay Chassis. Yeah. It was Shay Chassis. It was because you were you were saying something else, but it was, Casa no. de Chassis. No, no, Shay Chassis. So that was our little in the news segment because we are very current with our events. So it is time to start actual topics that we have brought to the table. Josh, so we can keep you engaged in this conversation and not doing other tasks. Why don't you give us your second topic? One heavy HD, what do you expect? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So um, this one's going to be a little brief. A millennial Um, problem. Again, I hate you all. <laughs> um, this one's going to be a little brief because, I mean, it's still relatively new, so I don't have a whole lot to talk about. Um, but Pokemon Home was released recently. Pokemon Home. And, and um, <laughs> three out of four. I'm excited for it either way. I don't know much about <laughs> it right now. I literally just, like, I was on the I toy- think he was just reading my joke. But, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is what I have to deal with. Listen, I was shading myself there. Oh. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> well, calm down. Calm down. I'm always in a. I'm always in defense mode. I always feel like I'm being attacked. Your Pokemon can't hear me because they're listening to the kids. Feel like somebody shading me. It's true because it's always happening. Um, <laughs> uh, so this. Was well, so if po- you gave us less things to shade you about. I can't help it that I'm just so pretty and adorable and cute and and, and haven't had to have the life experience that the ugly of us have to have. Well, y'all said it. I mean, I mean, BJ said it. I well, didn't. B yeah, BJ. <laughs> so Pat and I are acknowledging that we're pretty. That's fine. So I mean, I never said I was pretty. That's fine. You know. Well, you did not say it. So. True. I'm also trying to butter you up. I mean. Literally. Would you like some butter? <laughs> I'm being slathered with butter right now. I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> Would you like some honey butter? <laughs> Nut butter. Um, so maple bacon chicken. Maple bacon chicken. <laughs> um, so Pokemon Home recently came out, and I inadvertently, well, prematurely, I guess, um, paid for a three month subscription <laughs> for four ninety nine. Shortly after, listen, it was like one o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting on the toilet just trying to figure this out. <laughs> um, <laughs> was this after the last recording? Thought pocket. This, this was. Uh, it was shortly after because you were not, setting it not up. Not last night, but the night before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Were you trying to get the, the clone Charizard into your Pokemon home? Well, oh no, that was last night. That was last night. <laughs> but yes, I do. So so before you continue this, this. Uh, Toilet story. Can you tell our listeners at home who may not know what Pokemon Home means? Because we have Pokemon Go. Well, that's what I was about We've to do. We've got Pokemon Sleep coming out soon. Which I know nothing about. We, which was good because that's not the topic at hand. 
You've got Pokemon Go. You got Pokemon Sword and Shield, and blah 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 blah. So tell her before you finish your your toilet story. What is Pokemon Home? There isn't really a toilet story, but that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I just that just happened to to be where my location. Um, so Pokemon Home I mean, location based games. So. <laughs> So, um, Pokemon Home is a new app um, that is basically involving uh, a cloud system where you can uh, bring strife. Yes, okay. <laughs> where you can bring Pokemon of the past from other games into this uh, online cloud-based storage or a bank, if you will, uh, and you get to transfer them into Sword and Shield. It's the newer newer version of Pokemon Bank, which was on the Nintendo DS. Which it's I the newer version of the cable that went from Game Boy to Game Boy. Well, I miss the cable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in honesty, it kind of is. And you I know mean, what? I didn't need other people. I just I had two <laughs> Game Boys. I had a cable. This privileged S- motherfucker. Well, some of us weren't as affluent with so our Game Boys. My mom had the OG Game Boy, and that I was hers. Know. And she literally had one game, and it was Tetris. Girl, because yes, <laughs> that's it. I had an original Game Boy. My grandmother, actually, yeah, no, my grandmother bought me the the Game Boy Color when it came out because you know, because she fancy. Um, grandma spoil her baby need to see color. At that particular time, <laughs> could you, know, you imagine if he was colorblind and couldn't see the colors the same oh, way? That would suck. You know what? I almost said some things. <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> that was about to tell on Orlando. And I'm about to regret not saying them. And oh. Oral's going to yell at me for not saying them. I'll it. say Keep it, bitch. In. But I'll hold off. Oh. I'll save it for a better time. We'll record it later and put it on Patreon. <laughs> um, You're talking about how you're seeing color. Yes. <laughs> oh, I just figured I, that out. <laughs> Sorry. It'll eventually. Racism. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> I was like, it'll eventually hit or someone will have to explain it to me later. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, I think it's a really cool idea. And I think it's a part of, like, one of the prior episodes I was talking about the how Nintendo is changing their format, their, their formula for their games, and that they're now introducing the DLC. So I think this is just another step of their evolution. Because now you're able, like, it kind of adds to that aspect of them making these updates and making these expansions, you know, getting more Pokemon into the Pokedex um, or allowing more of them. So that way you can, because there hasn't been a single game where you can. And all them pokes. Where you can have every single Pokemon. Well, 803. Yeah, something like that. And then some. Jesus Uh, Christ. Into one game. So how does this work? Run me through the run me through this because I've never up until Pokemon Go, um, I had never played Pokemon. I was too old. I was too mature. I did not calm down and listen to kids bop. Um, I only knew Snorlax. I mean Pikachu. Everybody knows Pikachu. Big Dick Um, B. (laughs) Everybody knows (laughs) Big Dick B. Um. But I, I knew, like, Eevee and Snorlax were my favorites because I worked at Toys R Us the year that Pokemon Fever swept the U.S., which probably is why I never wanted to touch the games because when you work in a toy store during Christmas, mm-hmm. especially the year that Toys R Us.com launches and fucks everybody's shit up because they were so inundated with orders that they canceled almost everybody's orders before Christmas, which sent everybody pissed off flooding into the stores. Oh, yeah. 
Um, because I only worked there for one season, so that was when everything was happening. So I've never actually played red, blue, green, yellow, silver, ruby, sapphire, garnet, amethyst, pearl, Steven. Um, so future. <laughs> how how would one go about? I have played these games before, but now I would like to bring my Pokemonses into Pokemon Home. So I'm currently trying to figure that out. Um, I. Because so just the other night I finally got my Nintendo account linked, okay. which I've been struck. So the last recording for Valentine's Day, I believe, um, you were like, "Why don't you uh, pay attention to this conversation as opposed to trying to set your Pokemon home up?" Yes, exactly. So it has literally taken me two weeks <laughs> <laughs> to figure this out, um, mainly because it wasn't accepting my uh, Nintendo information. So I've I think I've reset it probably three times. So I got everything finally linked and connected. Um, so I don't have the the 3DS. I didn't play any of the 3DS games, so I don't have anything there. Um, I, I did play Black, but it was a, from a friend's, and I borrowed the system. But my understanding is that wasn't a race joke. <laughs> I wasn't going to say nothing. <laughs> I wasn't going to either, but now, now you got me questioning. <laughs> you paused. What what what, what you talk about? <laughs> um. My understanding is that just like uh, Let's Go, how you can um, trans. Oh, so I did learn that Pokemon Go is not compatible with Go yet or with Home. There's a workaround. So I've got nothing to. I've got there, nothing well, to transfer. There, there's, really there's a workaround though, because Pokemon Go connects to Let's Go, and you can put them in the Pokemon Park. If you put them in the Pokemon Park, you can then capture them and take them from Let's Go into Home. And then from there, you can then uh, send them from home into Sword and Shield. So there's so a you can only take in at that point. You can only uh, transfer Gen One. No. Yes. Well, for Let's Go, yes. For yes. me specifically, yes. Well, if I I'm saying I've never played any of these games. I'm then, playing then Let's yes. Go, or I'm playing Pokemon Go. I have Plus Let's Meltan. Go. Uh, yeah. So. Poke. Uh, Let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee are basically basically updated rehashes of, of the, original the original two games. So you Kanto only region, have yeah. access to the one hundred fifty one, the original one fifty one plus, plus Meltan. Meltan and, and Melmetal. Metal. If you get them in Pokemon Go and you bring them in, right? So I would only be able to do stuff with those original ones that are not in the game. Correct. Um, the the way to get the others is through the the Pokemon Bank. You have uh, to, uh, if you had, if so, uh, listeners, if you had Pokemon Bank, uh, they're doing a thing, I think, till the end of this month where you can transfer all of your Pokemon from the Pokemon Bank for free. Otherwise, yes. I think there's like a daily limit on Pokemon it, it's Home. For the, it's for the month starting the 12th of February. That's why I said I prematurely uh, paid for it. Yeah. I, after I'd set it up and I paid for my three month subscription, I saw uh, a little notification saying, oh, we're going to do it for free for a month. I'm like, Fuck. Yeah. So if you did, this is why you don't buy shit on the toilet at one a.m. <laughs> Fair point. Um, <laughs> Thoughtful wisdom. Thought bucket. Food for thought. <laughs> no, that's what you were putting into the toilet. Oh. Ah. Oh, Food from thought. TMI. I can't believe that's how you treat his children. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, babies. <laughs> Reckless abandon. Um. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that's my understanding. I don't know much about the bank. 
Um, Bank's pretty much the same thing as Pokemon Home, except Pokemon Home will be accessible through your app and will be accessible through the Switch. Right. I downloaded it on the Switch, so I, I yeah. do have the app there. And I'm guessing that when you have your account, you have it on the mobile device and then you log into it on the app. I haven't gotten that far yet. but um, So my understanding is that you would basically put them into the app and then log in and then you can then somehow transfer them from the the app on the switch into shield so there's probably some type of connection there okay so at this point in time home really does nothing for me i mean i haven't really played a lot of pokemon shield either Mm -hmm. but for other people who have played for people who have been growing and developing developing these characters for 16 plus years one of the the things i think is the coolest aspect of pokemon home is that i recently read this article about this woman who uh has grown up with pokemon and she has t- managed to take her very first pokemon which was a charmander evolved into a charizard from the very first game somehow managed to get into the newer games for uh with the pokemon bank and then was able to then move it over so she's had this charizard for like 16 years and it is the same pokemon from one of her older games that is literally it's the same piece of code that has traveled through different games and i thought that was actually a really interesting concept and thought thought pocket (laughs) maybe that should be another shirt (laughs) i'll add it to the list well that is pokemon home josh will have to talk more about it once he's had time to play around with it and get it linked up completely, and since he's paying his four ninety nine for his three months of transferring services, well, it wouldn't matter because he said you don't have Pokemon Bank. You don't need Pokemon Bank. No, no, no. But the that's what was free though. Moving this stuff from Bank uh, over oh, to Pokemon okay. Home. Oh, gotcha. So yeah, so it, that wouldn't have it affected matter. you at okay. all. So I mean, at least you're not spending that four ninety nine in for nothing. Yeah. Although, do you have a lot that you can? Did you say? Do you have a lot that you can transfer over right now? Uh, I mean, everything what? that's in Let's Go, I can transfer. Uh-huh. Um, I'm honestly considering getting a DS and getting the older games just oh so Lord. I can get them because there are some pretty cool, uh, you know, Pokemon from the DS games. I just I was trash. Ne- I was never really a fan of the the formatting, and and the, some of them were trash. Trash. Yeah. But there were some gems. I got him, though. I, I got the trash one. Trebish. I was in the airport in... Did you nickname it? Trash. Trash. How would you even spell tra- tra- trash? No, I would want to name it just as I thought. Trash. It's a it's a Jasmine <laughs> Masters thing. I love that gift. When I came out of Dark Phoenix, I messaged Oral, and I was like, I went and I saw it. And just I as said, I thought. And I sent the gift of Jasmine Masters going... Just as I thought. Trash. Trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I was at the airport in, uh, I was at O'Hare, and Trubbish came up as a little nearby with the sh- uh, little shadow. Mm-hmm. So I walked over, like, an entire set of gates and whatnot and went for a walk. I was like, I got time. I'll be back. I'm going <laughs> for a walk for a piece of tra- a bag of trash. <laughs> right. Um, and in Atlanta, I drove around for a cryogle uh, for a, a snow cast form. And I got my first Woobat. Ooh, I got my second today. I'm excited. My baby account. Um, on my main account, I've got enough candies to evolve Woobat. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to um, 
put him as my buddy yet and walk him. But on my baby account, I have walked him enough. To evolve it. But I'm one candy shy. Aww. But I think the one that has the better IV stats is the, main. Is the one I am, haven't walked. So I'm going to have to switch them, walk him, and then I can, I'll be able to do it. Because I'll trash the other one. And then I'll have a, uh, a lovely Woobat evolution. Right now I'm enjoying my clone Charizard as my buddy. You're welcome for driving Thanks. all the way over to the, the Eat More Ice Cream gym. I'm going to report you. Thanks. I'm going to report you. <laughs> for what? I don't know. <laughs> See if I can get you banned. <laughs> I will murder you in your sleep. Go Especially ahead. after all On uh, the record. having to try to uh, find Wismers and finally getting his Wismers. Yes, give me a break. Let me have something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that no. is Pokemon Home, uh, phone app, and for the Switch. BJ, why don't you give us your next topic? Um, so the I think it was the weekend of Valentine's Day. Weekend of Valentine's Day, um, I sat home alone like a loser. And I was like, what can I watch that my roommate hates that I don't normally get to watch? What am I behind on? What's going on? And I realized I am woefully behind on my anime movies. Um, it's been a tisk, tisk. it's been an interesting year uh, for anime. Dragon Ball Super last year, Dragon Ball Super was actually really good. Um, my Hero Academia is completely awesome, and they released a movie and also. As usual, I watch One Piece. It's been going since I was a freshman in fucking college. Um, and uh, they've released another new movie, uh, Gold. So I sat down and I actually watched uh, Dragon Ball Super Brawly. Um, which, if anybody that's watched Dragon Ball Z back in the day and has watched the Dragon Ball Z movies back in the day, the movies are very standalone stories. They really have no real impact upon... The main storyline, except for like garlic, I think. the garlic movie, yeah, um, which played into a filler, and that was really it. Um, however, this time, um, the Dragon Ball Super Brawly movie actually takes place as a kind of actual end to Dragon Ball Super, and it kind of redoes some of the canon. Um, you actually like uh, about half the movie takes place before uh, Planet Vegeta is destroyed by Frieza. Uh, you get to actually meet Vegeta's father, like when Vegeta's not even out of the little birthing pod thing that Saiyans use, um, and uh, they actually use a different animation studio for this movie, which is completely unheard of. Um, it's still done in the same Akira Toriyama style, but the animation itself is completely um, is is different. It's very different from how it is in the show, which I appreciate with my anime movies. Um, so it actually, so it covers, it inserts Brawly into canon. Um, the movie, the movie takes place about a couple months after the tournament, tournament of power. Um, Goku can't do his ultra instinct nonsense for some reason. Um, and you have, uh, Brawly and his father have been marooned on this planet for Jesus, like 40 plus years. Um, and a newly resurrected Frieza has picked them up in order to use them to distract Goku and Vegeta so he can get the Dragon Balls to grow himself an extra foot. Wait, Vegeta wants to grow an extra foot? No, Frieza. 
Or the, the, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Frieza wants to grow an extra foot. Frieza wants to grow an extra foot. He gets most of the Dragon Balls by stealing them from Bulma. Like, does he have two already, or is he missing one from? Wait, are we talking about actual feet, feet, or like height, feet? Well, like height, feet. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yes. yes. Because I was, I was right there with you. I was like, what? What would he do with a third foot? <laughs> Not even a leg. Well, but in, just a foot. In one of the. Uh, uh, Seasons of Dragon Ball Z, um, after the Namek saga, uh, Frieza was killed, but he was floating around in a bunch of pieces in space, and his, his dad, I think, found him, right? Yeah, he gets... And he, he put him together and it became Mecha Frieza with yeah. some machines. Like a cyborg. Yeah. So I was thinking, like, if he was resurrected yet again, was he missing a foot? No. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be a foot taller. They um, Got it. Okay. Yeah, he wants to be a foot taller. Bulma has most of the Dragon Balls. <laughs> Bulma has most of the Dragon Balls because she wants to wish herself five years younger, not a full ten, because then people will think she's had work done. Uh, <laughs> You're fucking with me, right? No, no. This is 100 percent of the pl- plot line. Oh, Bulma God. and Vegeta and and Frieza want the Dragon Balls just to do mundane bullshit, and I love every second of it because Frieza's sitting there and his his lieutenants are like. Oh, well, do you want to be immortal again? And he goes, n- he doesn't want to be immortal now because having a fear of death makes him train and get stronger because he wants he wants to beat the fuck out of Goku. Um, so, um, but he wants to grow an extra foot to be slightly more imposing. Um, and even the henchman's like, aren't you like 10 feet tall in your second form? And he's like, yes, but I want to be a foot taller all the time. Yeah, it's great. It's great. He comes up with this elaborate plan. He he finds like this ultra super strong fighter just to distract them so he can make this stupid wish. Um, <laughs> uh, and it actually you get you spend most of the time with Brawly. He meets um, Frieza's um, army is pretty much decimated, and it's Frieza's trying to rebuild it. So you meet all these bounty hunters and stuff that Frieza's trying to uh, put together. And there's this young girl who becomes friends with Broly. And um, and her partner and them become friends, and it's uh it's really cute because Goku like becomes their friends and he just wants to show up to fight Brawly every now and then. Um, uh, there's a very hilarious part where Frieza kills Brawly's father, and Goku and Vegeta have to fuse, but they have to go practice it. So they tell Frieza to just hang out and keep him busy. Which begins like a ten minute montage of Frieza just getting the unholy fuck beaten out of him over and over and over again, which is great. Um, but uh, no, it was it was cute. Um, if you are a fan of Dragon Ball Super, or hell, even if you're just a fan of Bra- Dragon Ball Z, you can actually jump into this movie, and it actually gives you a little bit more lore um, to go on. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was very uh, it was very good to kind of sit down and be anime trash. Uh, like uh, I like I used to be, you know, a month ago. So, how many flaming Dragon Balls would you give this? I would give this. Uh, actually, I'd give this four out of five flaming Dragon Balls. All right. That is Dragon Ball Super Brawly. Yes. Okay. I was like, I don't know what Brawly means, but okay, let's it's do a this. character. It's a character. I figured that out through this conversation. <laughs> I paid attention. I was present for. I it, paid attention too. Not taking thoughty pictures. I've no, I have no Dragon Ball Z knowledge, so 
All it, of this it used to be just... the bee's knees uh, back in 1999. That's I, oh, I, I know. I was, again, too old to really <laughs> be a part of that. And too Puerto Rican? I don't know. No, I feel like if you were a Puerto Rican at all, you would be doing it to Dragon Ball. Not this Puerto Rican. <laughs> Should have seen my family. If it wasn't soap operas or Walter giving your horoscope at 6 p.m. every night, rest his soul. Uh <laughs> I mean, you know, just what happens. So my last topic, I'm going to dive back into the world of comic books. The X line of books. They fucking. It has been a ride. Excalibur got through its first arc. Uh, Rogue has emerged out of her cocoon suspended animation. With what looked like a new outfit, I'm pretty sure. I feel like it was more 90s than, it, than when she went into the, <laughs> to yes, the coma. Yes, no, it's 100% more 90s. So, which I love. I loved Rogue's. Because uh, didn't she go in with like her more 2000 look, the, the that green with the white and the hood? Yeah. And then she came out with the leather jacket, and I was like, yes, bitch. Um, Captain Britain is still Psylocke. I should say this. In the terms that they are now <laughs> using, Captain Britain is now Betsy Braddock. Uh, Brian Braddock has been rescued. He has now chosen the Sword of Might instead of the Amulet of Right. So now we don't know what implication that means, except for the fact that he had Betsy uh, bury the sword, because otherwise he would be destined to fight and kill Captain Britain. Um, the New Mutants are interesting. I haven't, yeah, I haven't read any of that book. How's that one? It's it's very interesting. There's like t- two different storylines going on because you had the kids in space doing one adventure, and then you had the other like couple of them going to find Beak and Angel Salvador in Nebraska. Who would choose to live in Nebraska? Beak and Angel, <laughs> and they have their own adventure with. Uh, Costa Verde, um, basically mob guys that come there to you know kidnap or hold them hostage so that way they could get the life saving drugs that Krakoa is producing for humans in the nations that accept and um, view them as a sovereign nation. Yeah, and then the <laughs> I actually just read two issues back to back today. And in issue, I believe it's seven, Roberto, during the space adventures, does a recap at the beginning of the uh, of the issue. And in this one, he's doing this whole recap. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm caught up, but I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> they basically completely took a story that they didn't tell and made it a recap. So that way, at the end... They can like kind of pop in and go, "Hey, that hasn't happened yet. You're <laughs> spoiling it for everybody." <laughs> but it was used as, in essence, a way for them to kind of advance the story without having to then have all this other stuff be be told. Like, basically, it's just kind of like the gratuitous action stuff. Yeah, and it moved on, um, and they kind of finished off that story, where the end result being, um, they went to go find Cannonball. Because he's in the Shi'ar Empire with um, his wife and child. Uh-huh. And they wanted to go plant a gateway. Oh, yeah, gate. 
And they really wanted to bring him back, but at least that way they could, because there was no gates up there. Yeah. And they end up uh, putting it onto another ch- uh, Chandelure, is I think the the world. So they put that they put they plant those there. Cool, great. Um, and it now leads into kind of tying up the loose ends from the Beacon Angel Nebraska storyline, where Sebastian Shaw goes to Costa Verde, and basically it kind of caps off that he's. B- basically demolished that entire cartel because he signed a deal with the other opposing cartel to provide them the drugs and so kind of ends in eight issues instead of six because there were two stories uh-huh so they basically got where a normal arc at this point in time in comics is six issues they each got four and finished off these two stories um hickman has been writing more of the space adventure so it's very tongue-in-cheek it's very just ballsy um, so it's been interesting because I've I've just been reading the main book, and I, I it, Jesus, like we'll get to that in a second. What the hell, Marauders? <laughs> oh fuck! How is that? Kate's dead. Oh jeez, they killed Kate Pride. They attempted to kill Lockheed as well. Sebastian Shaw turned on the rest of the Hellfire Trading Company mm-hmm. because he wants Emma and Kate out, and he wants to take it over for himself. Of course. So he staged a an attack, and then when they basically when they finished off, Kate has always been kind of they've been hovering around her because she can't walk through the gate. So they're not sure if we've got protocols or like what's going to happen to her or any of these things. So. Shaw pops out and he has these vines that end up neutralizing her power and basically hold her still and then he ends up throwing her overboard. He throws like you know does one of those weighted nets over Lockheed, throws Lockheed overboard. Um Lockheed has been found as being cared for on the sh- in Majapur by um this poor girl and her father and in this newest issue basically they now have found out that Kate has been killed. So the teasers for I think a couple of episodes, a couple of couple of issues from now, um, have her like laid out and uh, both Storm and Emma kind of crying over her. The interesting part about it is that in this issue, when all that comes to a head, they kind of are there for each other. Now, mind you, these are two women who have not had very much care for each other in the slightest bit and if they have it's been fuck you bitch exactly are now like storm cold clocks her and then it's this whole thing like and then they basically this begrudging respect because they realize that they both care for her and then emma ends up giving like words of hope to storm and it's kind of like okay it, it brings this new dynamic to their relationship good I'm going to skip over the other ones for now because I want to get to really the meat and potatoes of it. <laughs> X-Men. What, I- what issue are you on? Oh, the newest one. Is that seven? I believe it is. So it it kind of dances around quite a few topics throughout the issue because it is... It actually is a very heavy issue for the Dawn of X. 
because there's a lot of topics being discussed in this whole thing where there is talk about one of the big things is what about souls like Layla Miller had the power to revive somebody uh, right after they died but she included because she did it for Guido for strong guy uh-huh. but um, one of the big things was that she brings them back without a soul because they've been killed so now these are basically just random clone bodies that are grown to be that person and you're Basically, your spiritualist of the group, Nightcrawler, has all these questions and brings up, are we just husks of you know ourselves? What happens to your soul? Whatever. Because it touches back on the Great Pretender, the Scarlet Witch. Uh-huh. We don't say her name. We don't say <laughs> her name. And uh, <laughs> then it, it deals with the fact that all of these mutants were depowered, making them human. And what happens? How do they deal with that? Like, well, because if they die, they bring them. If they're, you know, brought back through the resurrection protocols, they could have their powers back. So how does this happen? What is yeah. what's done? How is this? And it this issue in essence deals with uh, Melody Guthrie, so Sam and Paige's uh, sister, mm-hmm. who was depowered during M Day, which honestly. I didn't realize they had another sister who had powers. I will be completely <laughs> honest. But there is this thing. Oh, there's another. Oh, Joshua Guthrie. I don't know who that one was. A lot of Guthries involved. And they have this thing called the Crucible that the Quiet Council has basically agreed upon. Where basically an arena of people watch Apocalypse. Apocalypse go through this process of basically pr- uh, proving their worth to be reborn as a mutant because they're a human yeah so it's it's a very intense it's something that i think a lot of people have kind of been wondering since house and powers came out and we found out about this resurrection process and so it, it hits on a lot of very deep very philosophical points i'm gonna go away from that for a whole hot second here <laughs> so we go to the summer house on the moon and there comes Scott, just sauntering out onto like a little lanai, just l- looking at the earth. Wolverine sitting there in his little robe. And basically, Scott is being chatty and Wolverine's like, can we just sit in peace and quiet? And then he continues talking. He's like, what did I just say? So then he tells him that because the seed, the gate has been planted on Chancellor, Gene and him are taking the kids and they're inviting him along and that, you know, it's not his normal idea of fun, but he's inviting him anyway. Wolverine quips back with the scenery at the place is something else. And Scott says, it sure is. Wolverine says, genie in a bikini. To which Scott responds with, Scott in a Speedo. And he goes, well, who could say no to that? They fucking. And then Cyclops says, great. They fucking. I legit cackled. They fucking. And was like, wow. We said, here's a little bit with a map of the layout of the house, blueprints of the house. The summer house. And a little, you know, here's a little belly pat for you. And now we're talking about Genie in a Bikini and Scott and Speedo and Wolverine getting very excited about this. I'm down. So, uh, yeah. Everything I could ever want. Absolutely. 
Uh, so that was just that was a very entertaining portion of it. A little lightness before it got into uh, into very heavy material. And we had Giant Size X Men. The first Giant Size X Men came out, which focuses on Jean and Emma. And can I tell you this? There's one line of dialogue in the entire book. Beautifully. It's <laughs> I was going to say it's written by uh, <laughs> by Jonathan Hickman. Story by Jonathan Hickman. Story and art by Russell Dowderman. And if you do not know Russell Dowderman, you have not listened to this podcast in the past. He did almost all of the artwork for Jane Foster's Thor run. Yep. Uh, he's done, I think, Champions before. He's done amazing work. He is an LGBTQIA artist. He is adorable, and his work is gorgeous. And this book is no exception, including uh, a like one-page piece of gene that I would love to have blown up and, and framed. And basically, it's kind of like Storm is dead, but not dead. Like it, these little like pixie mutants are out flying around Krakoa. They come across a a storm beaten and bloodied on the ground, and then Jean and Emma go on this kind of mission into the vault. And it's funny because she Jean again tying into the the last thing we were talking about. Jean is walks into the the frame. Emma's at this little gate. You got Wolverine. Gene and Scott walk in hand in hand. And then Gene continues on towards the gate, kisses Wolvie on the cheek, and then continues up. And then Emma and Cyclops have share this look. And it's just like, everybody's banging. And I fucking love it. And uh, who are we? Mutants. It what do we do? <laughs> fuck. <laughs> who do we fuck? Everybody. And they go on this very interesting adventure in like the psychic plane with, and it, it's just it's very interesting when these like guardian creatures almost come out and they're like friends, enemies, like little smoke like words. And Jean conjures up this image from X Factor, like the original X Factor of her and Storm hugging. Oh wow! And then Emma just has this like, <laughs> and it's her and Storm fighting. And the, the, the <laughs> creatures start attacking her. <laughs> and there's this whole thing. But then they get Storm back and like Jean hugs her and pulls her skin away. And there's this countdown on her forehead. And when they come out, the only dialogue in it is that the children of the vault have put a like a mechanical bomb in Storm. And, and she'll be dead in 30 days. And like that's it. Like It's very oh. impactful. For one thing of dialogue in this entire book, the, the visually stunning. When you've got Zouderman drawing it and you've got no words. It's so emotional, so emoted through through the art, and then to have that be like the punch at the end, it was like, oh, these are going to be very interesting books because they're going to now focus when they come out are going to focus on like a set of characters and possibly build the story bigger and more developed. Yeah, because issue five of X Men touched on the uh, Children of the Vault. Yeah, so now we're either going to tie this back, like loop this back in, or see, or, or at least find out what happened at uh, twenty three and um, was it Sink and um, a Darwin? Because the three of them went in. 
Oh, that's right. And we don't know. All we yes. know is that the city saw them as as contamination. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and also the city, the only one of the children made it there, but apparently the city rebuilt the other children of the vault. Yes, I forgot about that. The X, the main X Men book has gone in so many different directions. Yeah, it's it's, it's touched seven on everything. Issues, yeah, that it's kind of crazy, but yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, how this all turns. Like, but honestly, still, and I know that I've talked about this many times, but if you are not reading along with the X Men books, pick them up. Do so; you will not regret it. If you are any type of X Men fan, you will not regret it at all. So, if you are enjoying this episode or anything else that we have put out for you on Flame On, go over to flameonshow.com and. Follow us on your favorite social media platform. All you have to do is scroll to the bottom and click on your icon right there. Flame On is listener-supported entertainment. If you are interested in becoming a patron and supporting our show, then head over to patreon.com forward slash flame on show and join at any of the four levels. There's exclusive content at any level, and you get access to everything right away when you pledge. It is time for our one-up section. This is where we give you a thing of pop culture that has tickled our fancy, and we want to share it with you. Joshua, what is your one-up? Stranger Things. Of course it is. Big surprise, I know. Daddy. (laughs) Well. Daddy. Speaking of. Daddy. He lives. Daddy's alive. And let's be honest, we're not really surprised. I haven't even seen seasons two or three, and I'm not surprised in the slightest. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen like the uh, articles online and stuff about no? Not in the slightest. Well, uh, the end of season three left one of our character favorites, Jim Hopper, the lovable sheriff, acted by our favorite daddy, David Herber. I want him to spend it in my hole during flu season. Or coronavirus season. You'd let him. Not entirely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But still. So anyway, to help defeat the Russians, uh, he sacrificed himself um, at the very end of season three. Spoilers. Girl, it has been last summer. (laughs) If y'all haven't seen it, that's your own fault. I don't know how you waited so long, and you need to jump on it. See how he justifies his actions, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Yes. Everything I wasn't I invited to the 3 a.m. viewing of Stranger Things Season 3. Weren't you drunk at a bar that night? No. No? You aren't working? I mean, that would have been even better, because I, I would have been awake at 3 a.m. See, see how he treats me, people. See how little he thinks of us. Well, I wouldn't have invited <sighs> you because you haven't seen season two. Well, if I had known that I was going to be coming to a season three party, I would have watched season two. See, you could have had me up to date if you had just invited me to watch. I've just been considerate. Right. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to do things. I just want you to ask me so I can say no. Oh, my God. That is my entire life. I really just want to be asked. Say, you want to go to Club O? Sure, let's go. 
Tuesday. Let's all go Tuesday. Tuesday. Let's record a Field live trip. episode from oh Club God. O. That would be messy. Let's do it. They'd be like, um, can you please put that away? You're going to have to have a lot of wet naps. <laughs> <laughs> and like shields and flip-flops. You don't know what splashing and shields? squirting. Shields? Like, like Captain America? Like, like face, <laughs> face shields. Face shields. I'm going to get the, the guardian shield from Supergirl. That's what I'm getting. There you go. Someone's <laughs> rope of jizz just starts coming at you. Arcing ropes of jism. Block it with a shield. Flame on after dark. Did you see where his sister was actually guardian in a parallel yes, uh, thing of a Bobby? That was like timeline. Are we back on Stranger Things now? Yeah. You were talking about going to the going to the bathhouse. You were like, I just want to be invited to things, so I threw something outlandish out there. Shack like that's outlandish. To me it's outlandish. Have just because I post some thoughty pictures does not a thought make. Some some Okay, a few. Okay. All. Okay. Not all of them. Have you never been a club O? Oh. I have not. Girl. I'm telling you. Live recording. Is it is my like uh, imagination more than what it actually is? Oh dear God, yes. Yeah, um, girl. I've heard stories. That's all I know. That's all I can go off of. You can't. You, it's not like you're just going to be walking around and somebody's just going to be shooting a load at your face. <laughs> <laughs> that's Challenge how, accepted. That's how they say hello and welcome. <laughs> welcome well to the bathhouse. The whip. Jesus. So Hopper's alive <laughs> after sacrificing himself to the Russian penis. Yes. Mm. So they fucked him to death, right? That's what happened? The Was ver- it, or is that the Stranger Things porn parody that I watched? Probably the porn parody. Porn oh, parody. Okay. I'm almost slightly tempted to watch it. <laughs> just to see how crazy. Oh, honestly, those porn parodies are freaking crazy. Oh, I've I've watched more than a couple. I've watched a handful, like not with the intent to, you know, be aroused, because let's face it, I highly doubt that was gonna be the case. Although I stopped because men.com, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say them. <laughs> that website with men in the name <laughs> .com had, had a <laughs> had a Justice League one, and they had a black green, green Lantern, but apparently he had the exit for the scene. So I see you. <laughs> I see you. Wait, what? They had a Justice League okay, porn yeah. parody. Yeah, no, no, I got that. And they had all dudes. A Wonder Woman wandered off somewhere. <laughs> Wonder Woman had to go had to go do something. <laughs> it's but like the wife that's like, I'm going to the nail salon. Right? Like I'll be home soon, honey. <laughs> the cable guy is gonna be here any minute. I'll be back soon, Batman, to talk about that case. <laughs> and and Flash and Green Lantern, Batman and, and Aquaman and Superman are all standing around and then everybody starts making eyes at each other and then the scene starts, but then mysteriously, Green Lantern's just not there. He just gone. He just I guess he went to the bathroom or something and they just decided to start it without him because he don't come back at all. And I'm just like, Oh. Oh, I see. Oh they're, they're like Right, this is gay porn. Yes. We <laughs> I'm like, wait, why are no? They- this is Justice League, the animated series. Why are they? Well, I'm like, why are they making eye contact with each other? Where does when does like the woman come in? She don't. Most of the porn on peri- men.com. I it didn't it didn't click. Most of the 
Actually, a, a good portion of the porn that I watched is actually heterosexual porn. Uh, Same. But, um, no, stepdaddy. Right? I don't uh. But a lot of the parody. Actually, no, all of the parodies Both that I have seen. All of the parodies I have seen have all been straight parodies. I I, I, com does I did see like one. I mean, I didn't actually see it. I saw a literal clip uh, of Kobe Keller and someone else from, I guess, X Men. It was like Wolverine and someone else. Yeah, it was Wolverine Cyclops. and Cyclops. <laughs> oh, okay, that is literally the only thing that I have seen gay related for a parody. But problematic Kobe Keller. Why so is it problematic? Oh, he voted Trump. Oh, really? I'm very vocal about it. Really? Yeah. Mm, well, and that make it go down. <laughs> he says it's because he did not believe in the Democratic nominee. So you vote in a ballot. If that is not a privileged fuck it is. I don't know what the fuck it is. Anyway. Anywho. Anyway. <laughs> Back <laughs> to the trailer. So at the end of... But seriously, send me that link later. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. Or am I? No, he's not. Um, at the end of season three, they, season three did their first uh, after credit uh, secret scene. Uh, or I was like, we scene. keep going back to that. At the end of season three. <laughs> post-credit scene, they uh, teased, uh, they were in a Russian, they teased that there was an American locked up in a jail cell uh, at a Russian prison, and people were, the internet was speculating it was Hopper. So now, <clears throat> several months later, they have vi- finally revealed that Hopper is alive and in Russia. So, um, sporting like a buzz cut and everything. Mm. Honestly, he looks a little emaciated. I'm okay. I want that meat meat back. It's all right. Black Widow, he's... Beefy. Out of shape. Uh, and I'm for it. Triple C. I'm for it. I put like 14 Cs on the end of that. Um, it's like thrusty. What about a thrusty? Oh my god! Get that thrusty lubricated. Daddy Horbor can have my thrusty. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so emaciated, (laughs) looking a little emaciated at the end of season three. (laughs) Um, but I'm not convinced that he was the American that was referenced. I'm still holding out. Uh, for a hero. I was gonna make that joke, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to. Thunderstruck. But. The tra- the little teaser trailer was very very short. It, it's just ice cold Russia, a bunch of uh, men in mining. It looks like, and then all of a sudden it pans over to one character. He takes his uh, little beanie off, and it reveals that it is Hopper. Uh, I'm kind of getting a, a a thing like or the thing vibe going on, which I'm kind of for. So I'm curious if that's going to be like a overarching theme in the fourth season. See, I didn't mention the other number or the other season. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I was super excited, and I think you posted that on Facebook. I tagged you in it because it came out on Valentine's. Oh no, I put it. I posted it on your page. Bitch, calm down. It still tags you. It still notified you that I posted. Wait, did on you your post it on my page? Yes, I did. Either I either tagged you in it or I posted it on your. page. I thought you just like shared it and said, mm-hmm. "I know someone whose day just got that much." But better. I. Uh, but then it was probably Patterork is with Josh Ryan. I'll have to check because I, I didn't notice that, and I was like, "I bet he's talking about me." He's probably talking about it. doesn't it. have anything to do with him posting body <laughs> pictures. You don't know. Right. means nothing. Right. Because it came out on Valentine's Day. VD. You know, my life is going to be very quiet when y'all leave. I know, for real. <laughs> I like y'all. I like how, where am I going? What's happening to me? You're going to have to move in here once everybody else moves out. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> 
So get straight, it, get it in while you can. Side pocket. So a Stranger Things season four teaser trailer is Josh's one up. Like if I don't get us off this <laughs> off of that track. Also, it's supposed to be broken into two parts. So. Well, there you go. Seasons four and five, right there for you. Four point one, four point two. Yeah, whatever. Four and five, right there. <laughs> BJ, what is your one up? Well, uh, mine, since I'm on this Harley Quinn kick, um, they just aired the finale of the Harley Quinn series. Um, I don't know if it was a season finale or series finale because the show was perfect start to finish. Um, you and uh, the show is actually a lot of uh, people are hailing the show as being kind of the perfect post breakup thing to watch. Uh, because their handling of one, how just much the Joker's affected Holly, Harley, Holly, Harley, um, and two, how breakups can affect people in general. Because it doesn't just affect you; it affects, you know, your friends who are trying to kind of get you to forget about it. It it uh, it affects because so much of Harley's identity is wrapped up in the Joker. You actually have like five or six episodes where the Joker's not there. But, like, they mention him, or she talks about some horrible thing he did to her, and um, it's it just their way of handling it was perfect, start to finish. Um, the her crew, um, Harley having all the, have effectively having this chosen family has been great. Batman's reluctantly a part of it, which is also hilarious, um... But the show, start to finish, is absolutely fantastic. If you have not watched uh, the Harley Quinn animated series on uh, DC Universe, steal somebody's login and do it. It's can I have your login? You can. Um, is there an app for Samsung televisions? We can just put it out here. <laughs> I probably. Um, but no, it's absolutely it's absolutely fantastic. I hope they get a second season. The way the the way the first season ended was pretty pretty fucking hilarious. Um, uh, and again, Poison Ivy as the straight man to Harley Quinn's like chaotic comedy self is I didn't think that duo could get any more perfect in my head. It is perfection. Like just the way she and inter- they interact with each other is great. I've seen a couple of clips like I think on Facebook um, advertising it. And honestly, it looks pretty cute. And they uh, do they bleep it out? Like when they curse, do they bleep it out? No, no. The show is a absolute hard fucking R. I mean, the, the, the Joker melts a guy's head. He stumbles around for a bit. And then when his skull hits the ground, it shatters. Um, so, and brain and sinew go everywhere. So it is a hard R. Cool. Yeah, it is, but it is great. So that's Harley Quinn, the animated series on DC Universe. Um, I'm going to make mine short. Kesha. She released her fourth studio album. I live for Kinky. Yes, Kinky is fantastic. I actually very much enjoy uh, Birthday Suit. Um, High Road is the name of the album. She released a couple of tracks before uh, the official release, including the lead-off single, um, Raising Hell with Big Frida. And then a couple of other tracks, which were more promotional tracks. Uh, her second, I believe, full single is uh, is actually High Road. We got the videos for My Own Dance um, out of it also. 
And uh, we are going to see her in concert in Chicago when she comes through with Big Frida on tour. We're going on the Kesha Cruise round two in October. And Big Frida also released the video and song Chasing Rainbows featuring Kesha, which is very much a, a an LGBTQIA empowerment anthem. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say that when the video came out, I was just, uh, I boarded a plane in Chicago headed for JFK and I was in the air watching this on their Wi-Fi and I wept because it is just incredibly, incredibly powerful. So Kesha is my one up in all forms. So with that being said... It is time for us to end this episode. We thank you all for listening to us ramble on and shade Josh for two plus hours. I know he appreciates it. It's never going to end. Never. No. This is the shade that never, never ends. ends. Anyway, so with that being said, dear listeners, Bobby Good night. Thought Pocket. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.